Thanks for joining us again on yet another episode of Growler Garage, coming to you live from the Orange County area in the sweltering heat, even well, though it's sort of live. Night. Well, it's live filmed live with none editing. That's true. So it's, it's live. basically live. It's live repeat. Or it's live-ish. Yeah. So um, it it's, reco- um, it's recorded from an earlier live broadcast. <laughs> yeah, shown as, unedited. As they say on TV. <laughs> uh, live filmed from a live studio audience, which is uh, producer Matt, um, is our live Hi, studio everybody. audience. So um, it's a million degrees uh, in here. It's September in Orange County, California, and it's still really hot. But I digress. Um, we've got yet another great show lined up for you today. Actually, I don't know that. We haven't done it yet, so it might be a shitty show. It's true. So Yeah, it could go that way. We've got a very special guest today, somebody I haven't seen in several years, um, which is very, very exciting. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Eric Ross. Uh, I used to work with uh, both Pat and Matt back at uh, A Transport. Are we naming the name, or does it matter? I don't think it'll matter, but let's not. Okay. It was a transport company. We used to drive around cars professionally. We were professional drivers. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, which By the fun. way, the owner of this company listens to this show. so <laughs> They'd probably partially want us to give them the free ads. Well, let's hear from them. If you want to give us, if you want us to mention you, buy us some beer. <laughs> we'll talk about you. That's cool. We have an actual fan. That's nice. Yeah. We actually have a couple. But um, yeah, so... We kind of met doing car stuff, but not car stuff in the way of Growler Garage, I suppose. But uh, what, right. are you, what are you up to now? You're doing much more car in-depth, motorsports in-depth stuff nowadays, right? Correct. Uh, I am part of a uh, drift team, and uh, <clears throat> it is not racing. Uh, as right. I've explained it before, it's kind of like figure skating with cars or a skateboard competition, but with cars. It's still motorsports, though. Yes, it definitely falls under the category of motorsports, uh, but it is a little bit different. I've been doing that for five years now uh, as part of a crew. Um, been with a couple of a uh, couple of the bigger teams. Uh, this year, we uh we're part of a, uh, a Pro 2 program, which is a new program for Formula Drift uh, in its second year, which is like a uh, an intermediary class between mm-hmm. the Pro-Am and Pro. They force you to go to Pro 2. Uh, our driver uh, has, out of three events so far, uh, three top qualifier, uh, three wow. podiums, and two wins. Nice. And we've already locked up the championship heading into Irwindale for the final event. So Irwindale still exists, huh? Barely. For now. (laughs) Probably be the last event at House of Drift, if you will, right? That is uh, what I've heard. But interestingly enough, I've also heard some rumors that somebody has kind of snuck a loophole in and it could stay around but i don't know that for sure that would be nice um what kind of car um do you guys do you guys use in uh pro 2 it is a bmw uh e46 so it's a it's a 330 with a m3 body kit on it uh has a 1200 horsepower ls uh something lsx with a uh i think it's a (laughs) four liter vorte uh whipple supercharger on it Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't put out a lot of boost because it doesn't really need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, we have just kind of walked over everyone this year. Uh, the driver, Alex Halbrun, is an outstanding driver. He actually petitioned to skip Pro 2, go mm-hmm. right into Pro, and they uh, they denied it. <laughs> and he built the car knowing that 
it was going to be a, a one year in Pro 2 and be done and step up. So he built it to compete with uh, the big boys, Von Gittin Jr., Chris Forsberg, right. right away. So you guys are going up with that car next year to, to Formula D proper. Correct. Uh, I may not be with that team next year. I actually uh, gave a proposal to uh, run my own program next year. Oh, wow. Um, which the only reason I did that is just because it's a it'd be a big step for me, mm-hmm. and that would become my full time job. Yeah. Um, but if that doesn't work out, uh, I'd be more than happy to stay with uh, with Alex's team. Uh, yeah, they're he's an incredible driver, and it's wow. an awesome car. That's great. Yeah, it's um, I've often said that like like formula like drift cars in general are like the most absurdly fast cars and like you don't realize it because obviously they're not using their momentum going forward their their style you know but it's like I've, I've seen I think it was Jalopnik or something did a video of talking about like the like if you miss the like the glory days of auto racing like the trend or the uh, Can-Am and you know the the group B rally and also right. just the ridiculous horsepower cars it's still <clears throat> happening right there in drift and yeah you're not getting the same effect but it, it allows you to still have those ridiculous horsepower cars because they're not you know, on an open track, you know, getting around the corners with absurd amounts of downforce because you don't, you know, obviously don't want that. You want to be sliding. So Sometimes you do want the downforce. Do you? Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's gotten into, uh, from when I first saw drifting and what I know about it now, it's, uh, night and day different compared to what people believe. They, a lot of people think, oh, you want to, uh, because you're, trying to break traction that you don't want grip but at this level you're actually trying to create a lot of grip and we do have to run on uh dot approved tires mm-hmm. uh that yeah they're about a yeah three to four to five hundred dollars a piece per tire and they last two laps and then they right. are done yeah <laughs> so we go through a lot of tires every weekend uh, and there's an absurd amount of money spent on tires in that sport uh, bad. but you do want to get grip uh and the speeds have definitely shown that in the last uh, several years and the amount of uh, R&D that has gone into the tires to create grip is why there are a handful of cars over a thousand horsepower to the wheels now and Mm -hmm. it's just it's I believe it is the uh, highest horsepower motorsport in a production based vehicle these are vehicles that you know if you want to race a Z you go buy a Z right and, and then you can, and that's then you convert it right and we're really not allowed all that many uh all that many modifications as far as you know obviously you have a cage and everything but you can't have the cage go through the firewall oh interesting yeah so that they, makes all the difference it makes a lot of difference and my personal opinion it does make a safety difference as well yeah so i do think if we continue the sport where it's going it's going to have to happen from a safety standpoint um, but right now they didn't want the performance advantage of having a cage tied in that way. Sure. And I kind of get that in that, you know, that was almost, I don't want to say it was the downfall of NASCAR. Cause you can't say it's a downfall of now. NASCAR is still very much on, you know, they're making plenty of money. <laughs> right. But it was, it was the major change, I guess, in NASCAR when they switched from being a production based car to, to being a, a full tube, tube. Yeah. And that was, you know, for a long time, it was a tube chassis car, but the firewall had to remain intact. And that was, was still kind of a silhouette car. And if you were not super knowledgeable, you'd look at it and go, that's a, that's a stock looking vehicle. Right. And even though underneath it really wasn't. 
Um, and that's a little bit how drift is nowadays where, you know, there's, you look at anybody's car on there and it looks like a production car. Cause it really is with a body kit on it. Exactly. You know, they're just trying to get more tire underneath there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I kind of like the way that some of the rules have gone, uh, you know, from a fan's point of view, a lot of what FD doing is, uh, kind of frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, the fans let those guys know what they're doing wrong or what they feel they're doing wrong all the time. But, uh, I do like the, the weight or the, the amount of tire you can put under the car is based on the weight of the vehicle. Oh, okay. So the heavier your vehicle, the more rubber you're allowed to run in the back. Mm -hmm. Um, and that means you've got some pretty small cars that are adding quite a bit of weight because mm -hmm. they want the bigger tires. Right, and the bigger tires is, is kind of a double fold, right? So I'm sure that the um, the handling characteristics of it is fine, all that, but the more smoke you can make, the better, right? That, I mean, yeah. From a judge's standpoint? Yeah, they, it, they call it uh, impact. They want impact and show. There is an actual judged part of this that is called style. Yeah. And so they're looking for smoke, and you know, if you're all kinds of sideways, but you're not producing any smoke, it doesn't look as cool. Yeah, and I guess to rewind, we should we should explain a little bit about what drift is, and, and you mentioned a little bit. It's kind of figure skating with cars in a, in a sense, and it's all based off judges. It's all based mm -hmm. off of you're trying to impress those. What's there three judges? There's three judges, and uh, you're trying to impress them via your your angle. Meaning, if you think about a race car that's trying to get around the track as fast as it can, it's not sliding. It's going, you know, parallel to the track. It's staying on the track, going the normal racing line, which is another part of it. Right? It's the the line, the clipping line. points mm -hmm. is something that's important, but you want you to be doing it sideways as as sideways as you possibly can be correct uh sorry i've got an itch it's okay <laughs> uh <laughs> our jimmy john show up yep all right you guys gonna stuff your faces oh, i'm thinking about it we'll see <laughs> uh i forgot where we were going i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh slip you know um just being sideways and right clipping points all that stuff uh yeah so there's line uh angle and style are the three judging criteria uh during qualifying each judge has a specific thing they're looking for. Maybe they're the line judge mm -hmm. or the style judge. And uh, basically, when you start initiation, you have to continue your drift uh, until you are finished. Mm -hmm. uh, if you stop drift, you can kind of get back into it. Um, technically, it's a zero now. If you have to initiate again, it's a zero. Um, they've gone better with defining their rules. There's still some imperfections. Right. Um, but... Yeah, basically the the rule is the uh, lead car wants to do a qualifying run. Uh, you go as fast as you can, as sideways as you can, while following the line given. The follow car is supposed to use the lead car as a moving clipping point. You're supposed to follow them even if they go offline. Uh, and that has been uh, and as close as possible. Proximity has been a big key emphasis they've put on it the last couple of years, which has yeah. made... Uh, it's made it pretty interesting because it used to, when I first got into it, they didn't really have an emphasis on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so you got a lot of cars kind of falling back. And uh, it is definitely more exciting to have that proximity rule. Yeah, and it's, um, I, get, I guess it's one of those things where it's like anybody in their streetcar has got a rear-wheel drive car. Mm -hmm. Anybody can stand on the gas and get it sideways on the exit of a corner. But you talk about the initiation and, and not straightening out your drift because it's, pretty it's relatively easy like if you go to a parking lot and obviously you never do this on city streets it's ridiculously dangerous but if you go to a parking lot of somebody that you know the owner of or whatever that something that allows you to do it and you yank the e-brake and you turn in and anybody can get sideways on entry 
And then what most people would do, and this is when you're first learning, it's as common as you straighten out, and then you step on the gas, and then you get sideways again. Mm-hmm. And it's like two separate drifts. And the key right. to this, right, is to initiate the drift, whether you're using the e-brake or whether you're just getting on the brakes and getting the weight transfer steering wheel. There's a lot of different ways to, to initiate a drift. Right. And, uh, I'm sure nowadays um, there's probably a prevailing way that's best. But um, the idea is to carry it all the way from entry of the corner all the way through and out and then tie it into the next corner, right? Which Correct. is you never stop drifting the entire track. They're all designed in such a way where the, you don't have a big, long straightaway in between. Typically, it's it's a no. Big, yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a back and forth carrying the slide momentum changes direction changes all that stuff and that's that's where you need that horsepower right is the longer the if the straightaway is a little bit longer if you got more horsepower you can keep those rear tires lit up right absolutely this last uh, event was in uh fourth Wor- uh fort worth texas at mm-hmm. a texas motor speedway and we actually did have uh a pretty decent section of course that is technically a straightaway and it's also uh the way they ran it this year it was uphill uh so oh. having the by far most uh, horsepower in Pro 2 was very advantageous for us. We just walked away from everybody at that point. Yeah, because it's not like the old days anymore, because I remember the early days of Formula D in 2004 or five, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you could, if you were a good driver and you had a mildly built 240SX with probably 300 horsepower, right. you could hang. You could a, do a it. A 400 horsepower car was about what they were running. Like, that was like you were kind of the, the shit at that point. Yeah, I remember when Sam uh, Hubinet, who was the Mopar driver, mm-hmm. factory driver at the time, um, I think he had the Viper first. And it was probably a stock motored car, I would think, being a probably Viper. Probably about. So probably 550 horsepower or so. And I mean, I remember that even guys like Reese Millen, who I think at the time had a GTO or, or later on the Pontiac Solstice with the LS motor in it, mm-hmm. probably, again, pretty close to a stock motor. Those two, nobody could even hope to hang on the straightaways with those guys. And it was... As a fan, you know, it was all still new and it was still exciting, but it was those dudes that were kind of the lower budget enthusiasts with their, you know, 240SXs, they, you know, they could maybe hang a little bit, but they're maybe fighting for a podium or a top five, you know, right. or I guess they don't only have top five, they have, you know, some brackets, elimination style, right. but it's um, now the, now everybody's got those kinds of cars and then in your know, times too, you know, exactly the, um, if you do not have, if you don't have 700 horsepower, you're probably not going to qualify. Can you imagine? Like, can you just imagine that for a second? Like, <laughs> like for like, I don't know. It's not the same, but like, my brother has a um, like a, a kit, like a, a tea bucket kit car. Mm-hmm. So it's a frame with a fiberglass bathtub essentially on it, right? With a 440 Chrysler big block. It's like 1,500 it. pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's got a 440 big block Chrysler in this thing, and that's pretty warmed up. It's got good heads, good cam. It's probably making 500 horsepower at the wheels. It's in. I mean, like, 500 horsepower, like, everybody, nowadays, you know, because of the SRT challengers and chargers and the Hellcats and whatever, all everybody makes a 500-plus horsepower car nowadays. People right. kind of just like, oh, whatever. 500 is the new 300, really. Yeah, exactly. 500 horsepower is so much right. in, in Especially reality. in a 1,500-pound car. Well, yeah, that car's scary. Yeah. Like, you, I got, I drove it, like, literally around the parking lot because yesterday I was working on my car. I needed to get it out of the way. And I got on the gas. Maybe I hit quarter throttle maybe once. And granted, it was a parking lot. But, I mean, you can tell kind of. And it hits you so hard. The only thing I can ever compare that is to I drove a 360 Sprint car once. which So it's a all-aluminum uh, 360 cubic inch um, car. And, and, and it's about a 1,200-pound dirt car, you mm-hmm. know, where they're designed to go in the dirt. That's the Those are the only two vehicles I've ever gotten on the gas. And I just went, I don't know that I could drive this car 
hard, you know, without just being terrified. It's not a matter of, like, let alone skill and being able to run the proper line and turn good lap times, like finding those last few tenths of a second on a racetrack. Right. That's a whole other deal. <clears throat> I'm saying, like, I don't know that I could hit full throttle. Like, the 360, like, you get on the straightaway, and if it's kind of tacky track, you're on dirt, and you get on the gas, and it pulls the front tires off the ground, and you go, what? Like, <laughs> well, what do I do now? <laughs> right, and your first instinct is to lift. It, you can't. You can't lift because then it comes back down and you mm. might break something. You have to yeah. maybe roll out or just commit because it's never going to have enough grip to like turn you over back. I, I, I say never, but it, it's happened. Um, I've seen the videos. Right? I've watched YouTube. <laughs> I mean, but the thing about it is, you know, like that BMW that you guys have, like that can't be, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's totally gutted and all the weight's out of it. it it's got to, I mean, you guys are probably out on the scales. What does it weigh? Uh, it is, I, I don't know that I want to give the okay. exact number. Okay. Um, that's fine. But it's, uh, uh, it's between 25 and 35. Let's put it that. So regardless, it's not a heavy car. No. It's, and with, you said about 1200 horsepower? It's, uh, 1200, uh, at the crank. So it's a thousand at the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, I mean, you've got to think about like that car, that's power, even though it's part of weight of like two to one right that's pretty freaking impressive that's yeah. a car that depending <laughs> on what it's set up to do could do just about anything like if you set it up to go to the salt flats it'd be a 200 you know aerodynamics really important but in theory probably be a 240 mile an hour car if you wanted it to be yeah uh the previous uh team that i was with uh we had a, a ford mustang and uh mm-hmm. we used to you know late nights working on the car obviously yeah uh me and the uh the guy that were running the team we would always just be like, man, it would be so cool to turn this thing into a road car. Right. Because it would just, it would eat all day long and it would just, it would turn some seriously fast laps. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they're, engineering wise, they're incredible cars. Uh, they're a lot of fun. They're made to do a certain thing, but it wouldn't take that much work to turn them into a proper road racing car and they would rip. Yeah, and I think that there was somebody, I don't, I don't think he drifts anymore, but um, Tyler McQuarrie used to have that. He um, still drifts. Okay. He owns his own team now. Oh, does he? Okay. He's got a two-car team now. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I know I don't know if he still has it, but he had the 911 drift car for a while, the Hankook. Um, right. And then he would do time attacks with that same car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a better time attack car, if memory serves, than it was a drift car. And it was not a bad drift car. He did pretty decent with right. it. Right. But, I mean, he set lap records with that car at various different places, um, you know, in time attack. And it's just like... You know, there's a part of me that's like, man, I wish that they that Formula D one time a year would have a, a time attack event with all the same cars. And yeah, you'd have to change some stuff here and there. But for the most part, it would be relatively easy changes of spring rate shock. And, you know, obviously you have a lot of things you don't need. You don't need that ridiculous steering angle and all that stuff when right. you're road racing. But even getting the car in the ballpark where it just wants to be on the ground rather than on top of it. I mean, the, the cars would have to just turn some unbelievable lap times i would think and most of these tracks yeah i actually had i'm sure I, you know along the same lines i'm sure i'm not the first one to think of it but they do a uh, a demo uh at the long beach grand prix yep uh the weekend after formula drift long beach and i always thought it would be kind of cool like okay have them do a pass drifting and then they have 10 minutes to put a road race setup on it mm-hmm. and race through that same section and give them a a judged score for their drift and then combine it with a timed score okay on the same course and just to kind of see what it would be and i i thought that would be kind of interesting almost like speed and style and x games like motocross supercross or whatever very similar yeah exactly that'd be i mean that'd be super cool and it's um for that crowd it might 
entertain them into such where like, whoa, okay, that's a serious, you know, piece of, of machinery in that, you know, I'm sure that that's probably part of drifting in general's struggle, perhaps, is that people maybe don't take them as seriously as they should um, in that people, I, I've seen it before, it was, you know, like Paul Tracy, the IndyCar driver, always would say like, oh, it's not really racing. And he would always just talk down about it. And, and right. even though I've been to Irwindale when they did the, they put the NASCAR drivers in those cars mm-hmm. and uh, Robbie Gordon, who I believe is one of the best drivers on the planet. I'm a huge Robbie Gordon fan, promptly stuck Reese Millen's GTO in the fence, like yeah. turn one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I think you were with me at that one. Matt. I think I was. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then he got another car out, somebody's Falcon RX eight, whoever had it at the time and um, stuffed that in the fence a little later and like it was it was pretty impressive how bad some of them were at it and some of them were pretty decent i think casey kane did a pretty damn good job and but then they tried to drift a a, a, cu- a current at the time cup car um or <laughs> <laughs> they were just relying on horsepower you know right. it, it was bad <laughs> yeah it's just put put the throttle down and let her eat yeah and it um, was it was a sold out it was funny because it wasn't even an actual event it was just an exhibition and the place was sold right. out like that was back when drifting was like I think Tokyo Drift was pretty new at the time and mm-hmm. you know and the Fast and the Furious culture was still pretty big if you will and and yeah. even though I know it's something that you kind of probably distance yourselves from a bit but Drift at a moment was one of the biggest motorsports in the country. It was uh it caught a lot of fire cuz it is kind of it's quick, it's fast, it's mm-hmm. you know, oh we're not going to I mean although the events do last essentially an entire day like you can show up at 10 in the morning and leave at 10 at night and that's how long the event actually takes but but a run is 30 seconds long uh so it does keep your attention and it's loud and it's smoke and it's sideways and it's crashes and it's like hey we're not gonna well bristol's pretty entertaining but you know you're not gonna watch like talladega and like look you'll have you know 30 seconds of absolute incredible excitement and then a lot of guys just kind of driving around the track yeah i'm sure that when irwindale first you know and you know irwindale was one of the first tracks that really became big for for drift as far as i understand it and i think a lot of the people were people that went to nascar races at auto club speedway Mm. and it was fine and it was whatever and you get drunk in the infield with your buddies and that's that's all fine and good and nascar has its purpose in that regard and that i've always said that it's pretty hard to beat a nascar weekend if you get a motorhome and you go to the infield with some of your friends and you just have a party of it that happens to have a, a race going on, a couple of races throughout the weekend. Right. It's pretty friggin' hard to beat one of those weekends. We got to spend a lot of money. Whereas you go to Irwindale for the day to watch the Formula D, you know, the, the you know the season finale and all that. And I mean, it's there's stuff happening constantly. There's right. these hot girls in the paddock that are trying to sell you tires. Um, there's there's the drifting going on all the time, which you know is is it always looks like they're about to crash and. Yeah, people, people <clears throat> always get kind of weird about that aspect of like racing in general. Where where some people will openly admit, I watch it for the crashes, and everybody else shits on them for it, and that's shitty. It is crashing but is exciting. It is. It sucks when it's your car, right? But as a fan, <laughs> like people always like to pretend they're like, oh, I don't, I don't like when cars crash. Well, okay, but everybody watches racing just like they watch sports, just like they watch TV, just like they watch movies, anything in the world they watch for drama. Mm-hmm. They want to see something unexpected happen. And nobody wants to see a driver get hurt. Nobody wants to see a driver get killed. But they want to see a driver defy death. Right. Th- that's that's why when you watch Sports Center, you watch the evening news or whatever, if Kyle Bush goes upside down at Talladega and the car rolls 20 times and he gets out of the car and waves the crowd and walks to the ambulance, 
that gets everybody going. That's that's I, I I'm sorry, but that is part of what makes racing what it is. And and you know, and, and I'm a big advocate for the safety of the cars always improving and as they should, because the fact of it is the safer the cars are, the faster they can go. Mm-hmm. Faster the cars going, the more death defying that they are. And maybe people don't like to look at it that way, but it's the honest to God truth of IndyCar racing was super popular in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s when people were dying left and right, which is bad. You don't want that. But when somebody would crash and walk out of that car, they became a hero. You know, they became, right. even though they had nothing to do with them surviving that accident. It's the gladiator walking out of the Coliseum. Exactly right. And it's become so, and, and I don't want this to be taken the wrong way because I'm, I'm very much against the mentality of, well, we got to keep things this way because it's tradition and blah, 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 blah. I I don't like that. Things should always be safer, but by the same time is the safer things go, let the cars go faster. Make them go faster. Indy should be breaking their speed record every year. Every year, the car should be a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And I understand that from the grandstands, a car going 240 miles an hour and a car going 210 miles an hour pretty much looks the same. Right. But the fans aren't made in the grandstands. They're made on TV. And it, there is a difference. I don't know if uh, you saw the video, but I think it came out a couple weeks ago. They had, uh, I don't even remember who the current uh, F1 driver is uh, around one of the tracks. And then they had it side by side with uh, Montoya's car. And I guess it was the yeah. fastest lap at that track. And uh, I got to say, I had a lot more fun watching Montoya's older car, which was way faster, probably yeah. several seconds faster than I did watching the current F1 cars. And I'm not a big F1 guy, um, personally. It's one of those things I want to like, but I kind of don't. Yeah, no, and, and, <laughs> and here's the thing, is I'm going to simultaneously agree with you and disagree at the same time. Mm-hmm. And where I'm going with that is that video was was very visually striking and was very, I mean... The and, audio and was incredible. Yeah, everything was very, like, wow. It was very misleading, though. And, and where I'm going with this is that the Montoya lap was pulled from that year. That was well, actually, it was in practice. It was it was the all out fastest lap ever run in Formula One at Monza, and, and it right. was an, it was apples to apples in that it was the same track, the same series, all that stuff. However, he didn't even win. He a he didn't win that race. He didn't have a problem with the car. He mm-hmm. got the car was fast for a couple laps, and then the tires wore off, which is fine. The Ferraris won that race, but they compared it to a lap that was yeah, it was fastest in that practice session, but. Formula One's evolved a bit in that mm-hmm. practice isn't where you find the outright fastest times anymore because of the way the tire degradation is and all that stuff. That the qualifying lap, I think they compared it to Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, um, right. The qualifying lap that Lewis put down was something like a second and a half faster than that practice lap he put down, which was still slower than the Montoya lap. But well, a second and a half is quite a bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a fair amount, and and I'll fully agree with that. The cars don't sound good anymore. I, I get why they sound the way they do, and I, I'm it's whatever. But the cars don't sound that great anymore. They don't. They don't. They're not this just wild beast that gets down the straightaways in a ridiculous hurry. But they're very efficient. So, mm-hmm. like for example, uh, if they compared it to a different track, like let's say Suzuka, which is in Japan's more technical track, it's not a flat out type of type of track. The the current cars are much faster than the car of 10 years ago. So the, the person who made that video kind of, it looked like had an agenda, which a lot of people do. They want to prove that the racing nowadays isn't as good. And right. And I get it. I hear you. That's fine. The cars aren't as these wild beasts anymore. And that's, I agree with you. But, um, that particular video was very much, um, 
somebody who is, I, I feel like had an agenda. Okay. Um, but as I, someone who's not an F1 fan, I'm not offended by you explaining this to me. <laughs> like I'm, I will take that completely as uh, well, and, you probably know a whole lot better than I would about but that. But there's, there's merit to it. And it's across mm-hmm. everything is, is, you know, the fastest lap in NASCAR was turned in 1988. Right. You know, when that, they didn't have restrictors. Yeah. I'm guessing 27 years ago was it's been that long since they've gone faster. I mean, think about that. that's almost half of the history of NASCAR. Yeah. And they, they went 212 miles an hour at Talladega and they're now, I mean, yeah, I know the other tracker plates Talladega and all that stuff, but even other tracks like Michigan, which is not that much shorter, they're still going a good 10 miles an hour slower in Michigan. And it's like, these cars are safer than they've ever been. Like they've, they've got to get these things going fast again. And, and I'm not sitting here saying 170, 180 is not fast because it is, but figure something out get these cars so they're hard to drive they got to lift the corners but get the things flying into the down the straightaways again and the issue as it always has been has been the fans you know and we've seen it the frightening thing is that cars are getting into the catch fence more than they ever right yeah. used to that last one was pretty eye-opening for me yeah. as a, a person who doesn't watch a lot of nascar i was like well that that could have it was amazing that nobody was yeah i mean as a kid growing up um, I can only recall two cars getting into the catch fence, and I'm sure that there was more. But in like the maybe the 15 year period from when I was about five to when I was about 20, there I only recall two of them, um, and and both of them were kind of a they kind of they kind of got the fence, but it wasn't a, a huge thing like it is now. Yeah, the cheese grating yeah. explosion. When you look at the last five years, they've had like 10, and I and I started talking to somebody on Twitter about this, one of my friends, and he was reminding me of stuff I'd forgotten about. Like there's cars that have, in practice that have gotten up into the catch fence and, mm-hmm. and it's the cars are going slower than they did 25 years ago, but yet they're still getting up in the air and they're getting into them. And they have the, all these great safety, uh, you know, uh, introductions and, and everything's getting safer and they have roof flaps that are, that are really keep the cars down and the quarter panel extensions that keep air from underneath it. But yet once the cars start to get off the ground, they go higher and higher and higher and, you know, and it's, you could sit here all day and, and argue why that's happening and, and figure out what to do to, fo- to solve that. And I don't know the answer to that, but it's, it's really interesting to me that the whole, t- like through the whole nineties, like I said, there's like one or two that got up into the fence. And in, in the last five years, I mean, there's the Austin Dillon one at Daytona back in July where that car, I mean, they're fortunate that that car didn't go in the grandstands. And, and the, I guess the upside is that no car is going to hit the catch fence harder than that car did. Right. And it didn't go in the stands and, to my knowledge, nobody got hurt, which was amazing. But then there was Kyle Larson at, at uh, Daytona the year before in the Nationwide Series where people did get hurt from that because a wheel went in the stands. Nobody was killed, fortunately. Um, and there's and there's more. There's Parker Kligerman in practice, and just, it, it's like, why, why? Like, why has that happened, you know? Theoretically, if you think about it, the faster they run, the more air is going over the top, the mm-hmm. more downforce it has. So... Mm-hmm. I wonder if just from a strictly number standpoint, like you make sense on what you're saying. Like if you go faster, you, but then again, they're also dialing the downforce out of it to, to get the speed. Yeah. I wonder if so. it's just, you know, they go backwards and in theory, that's when you lose the downforce and all that. But like, you don't see the cars go backwards and get up in the air on their own anymore. It always right. takes the assist of another car, either hitting it and kind of changing the weight and moving right. something up. And I think it's, you know, the pack racing and, go on and on about the pack racing but the bottom line of that is that nascar loves them some pack racing it puts butts in the seats and uh people turn on the tv and it's it's like anything you know if everyone didn't like watching car crashes it wouldn't slow down when the car crashes on the freeway or when a car just pulled over changing a tire everyone's like oh look at that yeah so you know i don't know why we need to 
deny the fact that we are this way. We're all, you know, curious. We all are morbidly yeah. curious. We want to we want to see it, but there is uh having uh witnessed uh vehicle race vehicle crashes where the driver did die. It is uh heart-wrenching, really. Yeah, I mean that's just it is is it's like We we like to see him walk away. Right. And that's the, you know, that's the whole key to it is uh, you know, I'm of the opinion that you look back at all the all the incidents that have left somebody seriously injured or or dead in the last several years, and most of the time, and there's those freak deals, and there's only so much you can do about that in racing. But most of the time, it's 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 a result of too many cars being too close together, and it's pack racing. Right. Um, and in NASCAR, they they're inside of a safety cage. You know, there's very little that's going to kill you in a NASCAR car nowadays. But in any mm-hmm. car, anything that comes from above. Well, it just happened. Yeah. He just right. got hit in the head with a piece of debris, and that was, you know, sometimes that's all it takes. That's right. And it's, you know, and it's, what I mean, what do you say? I mean, yeah, there's the there's the, the, co- the canopy debate, and, and that's fine. That's, that's something we go on for days about. and But it's, you know, the fact of it is, is when you're going that fast, even though he had slowed down, you know, if you're going 150 miles an hour and you hit a, a five-pound piece of something with the safest helmet in the world, it's still going to hurt you. Right. And from what I understand, that knows weighed something like 30 pounds yeah um they put no i guess the they put force on behind that is oh it's astronomical incredible. there's no chance yeah. at right. all and um from what i understand is they put they put lead in the nose of indie cars to get the balance right to make them so they're not just a ridiculous undrivable beast they're trying to get that weight balance front to rear right, right. and they put it all in that nose cone and the nose cone is what hit them and you think about if you think about dropping a 30 pound piece of lead on your foot right just yeah, standing I mean, here to drop it. You're breaking bones. Yeah. Oh sure. yeah. Your foot is is done. Yeah, at you that point. hit it at 180 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> even with the best helmet in the world, it's a miracle to me that he survived a day. You know, right. That he was in a coma. I mean, that to me, I mean, his helmet manufacturer deserves <laughs> a ton of credit. You it's know? kind of a weird thing to take credit for, but you kind of have to, you know, that Game would be a very odd ad campaign. Right. Yeah. yeah no, it would never work. But it's it's yeah. It it's, would um, never ever work. Look, our guy. <laughs> eventually died but the fact that he wasn't eviscerated on contact is incredibly impressive he survived yeah. the impact <laughs> he did and you know and it's and i'm he, an asshole because i'm laughing but it's uh it is a little odd if you don't laugh you'll cry right it's, yeah. yeah it's just one of those things where i mean the helmets have gotten so much better and felipe Ma- felipe massa and formula one took a spring about a five pound spring to the helmet about what five years ago now and uh, he survived he's still racing he was going about 180 when he hit a five-pound spring and survived it. Uh, barely. I mean, he barely survived that, but he did, and he's back racing again at, at the top level. And um, it's uh, the fact of it is, is that the the safety and the ability to survive an accident in auto racing nowadays is unbelievable. And the fact is, in Formula One, I mean, I know we just recently lost uh, Jules Bianchi in a very freak deal where he went underneath the tractor mm-hmm. um, that was pulling up a car, and that should that was a procedural failure that right. was not a safety systems failure that was whoever called for that to not be a red flag and right. pull that crane on track that was that was the issue but you haven't had a death before that for the one since Ayrton Senna in 94 you haven't had a death in NASCAR since Dale Earnhardt in 2001 IndyCar's got to get their stuff figured out because they still have a death every couple of years but the fact of it is is you know, it used to be in any cars, you'd, you'd lose five, ten of them a year. Formula One used to lose five, ten of them a year. Mm-hmm. NASCAR was a little less, but it was still a couple of them a year. And it's, uh, I think that people, are, there's a lot of internet warriors out there, you know, that they, they always right. want to talk about, well, it's easy. Just do this. Just do that. Just do this. Right. It's gotten 
a lot better. And that doesn't mean that they should be satisfied and they should rest on it. But let's let's be honest here. Is yeah, they should have done. Maybe there should have been canopies. There should have been this, that, or the other thing. But it's still. Uh, I mean, if, if the internet existed in the seventies, like can you, like you can just imagine. Right. Well, I mean, just the advent of uh, the safety barriers that they've mm-hmm. put in the last couple of years. I mean, it seems like such a simple thing, but it's like, oh, this is probably saving lives and at at the very least having uh what turns into you know sore muscles in your driver yeah now would have been like uh, i'm gonna have to take a couple races off because i'm i'm hurt oh yeah no doubt i mean um i, I had a wreck at um at las vegas motor speed with a, a small track the bull ring so the three or uh what was it three eight mile i guess just under a half mile track there and, and um where the car stepped out on me going coming out of turn two onto the straightaway and I just overcorrected, just, you know, made a mistake, lifted off the gas while I was correcting it and it hooked. And, uh, I went driver's side into the, into the barrier and I was, I probably was going maybe 50 when I hit it. And I mean, I, there's a moment where you hit it and you go, there's nothing on earth that could hurt more than that just did. Mm-hmm. And I was going probably 50 miles an hour when it hit the concrete barrier in a, in a tube chassis race vehicle. Right. And I was like, I can't imagine. I don't, and I was wearing a Hans device. I was wearing all of it. And I felt the Honda device work, even though it was a side impact. I broke the seat in half, the aluminum seat, um, and you know, then the, the my helmet kind of twisted, and I felt it kind of hold me back a little bit. And I and I always think like, man, I can't imagine what it feels like to be a, a NASCAR Cup driver at at Charlotte or Daytona or whatever, and you're going in the turn one at 180 miles an hour, and you blow a right front tire, and yeah, and you just fence the thing. Yeah, and they and they get out, and you know, they're you can see they're sore, but they walk away, and you're just like. I can't imagine that. Like, I know it's different, and I know those cars are a little more advanced than what I was driving, but the safer barrier has got to be the just the biggest breakthrough right. that there's probably ever been as far as racing safety is concerned. I think something that uh, you start, you kind of got into, is like a lot of the, you know, the fans say this and the fans say that, but there is an aspect to this uh, as someone who is not a professional race car driver but i've been behind the vehicle or behind the wheel mm-hmm. and i've uh, been a co-driver in off-road vehicles several times but you do have you know there is that thing where you get in the car and you kind of you know for that split second you go this day might not go well yeah and you don't you never really expect it and i know you know a lot of different drivers they won't even think about it because they don't want to psych themselves out i don't really i'm not really affected by it i'm like well you know some some days are not going to be as well as others, uh, but you do kind of have that in your mind. And I think if you did completely eliminate that, it takes away from it a little bit. Like, I don't, I don't know why it would, I guess it would just be like, you know, if you, uh, went from playing in the NFL to playing flag football yeah, and you're wearing helmets, but if you make any kind of contact, they're like balloon helmets or something. It's right. like, eh, this isn't nearly as fun anymore yeah i mean and i can kind of give a real world you know scenario on that and that is you know i raced i guess probably mid-levels where i got to if 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 karting is or whatever entry-level racing is one end and and nascar formula one's the other end i got probably right to the middle of it Mm -hmm. is where i got to but that's impressive by the way well thank you (laughs) i I don't know but it I, i did okay um but when i when that money dried up and I couldn't do it anymore and, and for whatever reason I dropped back down 
to karting, which is as hyperly competitive as anything. And that's what, I, that's what any driver is really searching for is the competition level. Mm-hmm. And I got down to a series that I can afford without even having to worry about it. You know, you're not going, man, I, I got to not buy this this month, you know, or eat cheaper or whatever. I, it's a series that costs a couple hundred bucks a month. And uh, everybody's in the same cart. It's called sport karting. It's everybody's in the same thing, and it's it's the most competitive thing I've ever driven because there's the sheer number of people that can drive in it. Mm-hmm. You get 120 people in an event, 30 on track at a time. Just the numbers of that means you're going to get people who are very very good drivers. And is that, it like a spec? Yeah. So you okay. don't even own. You don't do anything to the cart. You literally get a number assigned to you for that one race. You get into it get out and then somebody else gets into it for the next heat race and then your next race you get in a different cart okay. and so on and so forth and they're all you know there's 40 of these carts that are identically prepared as much as possible there's you know there's you can never build two cars identical it right. just doesn't work that way but they're within a couple of seconds the fastest cart to the slowest cart is within about four tenths of a second and uh yeah granted if you get the slowest one good luck four <laughs> tenths is a lot when you're racing you know and right but it's still you have a fighting chance to get a top five or a top ten out of it but, but where I'm going with this is that these carts, because they're owned by the facility, they have full wraparound bumpers. You can't touch tires, which is the biggest issue in a go-kart. Right. Um, you don't, there's very little to hurt you. You can get yourself beat up and bruised. You hit a tire barrier and the tires go up in your helmet and you can get beat up and bruised and people have broken fingers and that kind of stuff. But if your end result, if your worst case scenario is that you break a finger or maybe you break a hand, maybe you break a foot. That's a lot different than your worst case scenario being get you die. Right. So everybody becomes the bravest driver in the world. Right. And I'm not wired. I'm, I've always been a fairly brave driver, but I'm not wired that way where I'll take a chance from way back. And the only thing that's going to happen is you get a black flag because you, did, you wrecked somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. From where I come from, you do that and you get it wrong. You crash, you get hurt, you miss races, you spend a ton of money fixing your vehicle. So basically it's that's kind of the thing is that the competition level is very high in that but yet the racing from a fan standpoint is fantastic because nobody's afraid of anything right but yet there's no risk there's no there's there's nothing that's going to go risk reward is very different as opposed to a capable race vehicle where it's like uh this this could end very badly and it's going to be very expensive if i don't get hurt if you pull it off if you if you pull off some ballsy move move in a sport cart then people go, okay, cool, we got it. And mm-hmm. that's it. Whereas if you do it in a Formula One car or an Indy car or whatever, people go, whoa, right. that shouldn't have worked. Like, can't believe he had the balls to do that. And that's what you risk in, in all kinds of racing if it becomes too little on the line. And, and luckily, none of them are at that point yet. And I don't, I don't know if they ever will get that, po- that point because at the end of the day, they're still a multi-million dollar race vehicle where right. at the very least, you can't have people tearing them up because you'll go bankrupt. Right. So even as as part of the crew, I've watched my drivers tear up some cars, and uh, we're not very happy with them. Right. <laughs> it goes, yeah. uh, good job, dickhead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, that's that's totally is. Racing has to walk that always has to walk that fine line, just like you know football kind of does too, and anything else. And I, I really believe that that's part of the reason that baseball has lost some popularity. Is you know, it's not that it's right. become more dangerous. It's that. By compa- everything's easily found now. You can find football any time of the year, mm-hmm. anywhere, racing, whatever. And baseball is very slow. It's very safe. I mean, yeah, I know people get hurt in baseball. They do. Other than getting beaned by the ball, there's nothing super exciting about baseball to me. Yeah, and that's, you know, when you look at its popularity compared to football and even soccer nowadays and hockey right. and stuff that's more violent. And, hey, you know what? I don't like to see people get hurt, but, 
hey, you know what? Clearly other people do. And right. I mean, I'm not going to deny that, you know, you like seeing something ridiculous happen. UFC is really popular for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, and UFC is probably the number one, you know, pay-per-view sport in the world. I would think right now. I don't know the numbers. I think but it has to be. By it's got to be right. Like, yeah, there's nothing else even close. I wouldn't think. I mean, other than Mayweather and that fight he's got coming up is right. not going to sell anything near. No, I what think, it would have in the past. And people were so probably turned off by his last fight that absolutely. So yeah. So um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a uh, a little change of direction here. We're gonna do All some right. trivia. All right. So um, for people who haven't seen this before, we do a ten question trivia. You have sixty seconds to do it. Um, I don't have any way to put it on the board yet, but that's all right. You'll be able to hear it. Um, so we have 60 seconds. It's 10 questions. Um, the only piece of advice I'll give you is that uh, you got to get through them as quickly as you can because if you sit there and you think and you think and you think and you get it right, you get one. But if you skip it or just throw an answer out there mm-hmm. and just keep answering, you don't get to re-answer. So it's like just get through as many as you can and just take the easy ones. All right. That's, that's what's worked for the people who are the high score people. So... This is the uh, Pop Quiz Trivia, 0 to 60 Challenge. Our friends over at Pop Quiz Trivia help us out with some of these questions. Uh, so some of these are, are from them. Um, check them out if you're in the Southern California area. They do um, games throughout the week all over Orange County. Um, I think they, they branch out into the L.A. County a little bit. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Go check out. They have great prizes. They give gift cards, beer glasses. Most of these beer glasses I got as part of that trivia deal. So, uh, Pop Quiz Trivia, um, ocpopquiz.com. Go check them out. Uh, you ready to do this? Ready. Let's go. Any questions? All right. Top score right now is a four from Will. Uh, it goes down very incrementally from there. Four, three, two and a half, two, one, and zero. So, uh, you can't find yourself last. You can find yourself tied for last. I'd like to avoid that if all So, aim for at least one. I think you'll, I think you'll do all right. So, all right. Well, if you can get five or more, you will be the new, uh, the new leader on this, and uh, we will... Uh, um, we're hoping that in six months or a year uh, after the original uh, episode, we're going to have a kind of a showdown, maybe have a little tournament for the top four or whatever. Right uh, we'll see how that goes. So try to get yourself in there. So uh, right. if you're ready. I'm ready. Let's we'll get go. started. I'll read the first question and then I'll uh, hit the start. So here we go. Who was the first Formula D champion? Oh, Jesus. Uh, Chris Forsberg. No. What is the major difference between four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive? Uh, all four-wheel drive isn't actually four-wheel drive. It's a locking diff versus a open, correct? Yes, essentially, okay. in different words, but yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, at what temperature do Coors Light mountains turn blue? <laughs> uh, 40. I'm going to give that to you. That's okay. so close. I'm going to give it to you. In what country did IPA beers originate? Uh, Germany. No. Which, which off-road racer is known as Iron Man? Ivan Stewart. Yes. A truck crossed with a buggy is called what? Truggy. Yes. What year was Scion founded? Uh, 2003. Close. What style of beer is the most widely produced in the world? Pilsner. No. What The S13 and S14 are examples of a body style of what model of car? 240SX. Yes. The workforce behind what? And that's the end of it, but we'll finish this one. The workforce behind what architectural wonder was reportedly paid in two gallons of beer per day? Uh, the Arc de Triumph. <laughs> All right, so did pretty damn good on that one. Um, That's a five. Was that five? That was five. Who was the first champion? Was it Hubenet? It was Hubenet. Oh! <laughs> 
Such an asshole. I know. I know. So, um, yeah, so Hubinet was the first Formula D champion. The major difference between four-wheel drive and all-wheel drive is there's there's two that I would have accepted. One is that that four-wheel drive is is kind of like it, it's really kind of two-wheel drive. It's just one's front, one's rear. Correct. All means it's kind of it's thinking for you on know, which wheels are getting the power. You got a certain percentage per wheel versus. Yeah. Where and the other one I would have accepted is that all-wheel drive you can't turn off. Four-wheel drive means you have a separate okay. gear. The logo went away. Oh, probably because I hit the timer. Oh no. It's okay. No, no, it's over. Do we have to start the show over again? Probably. No, yeah. Well, we could watch Mornings with Maria. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Thanks, Roku. Not sponsored. <laughs> Yet. Uh, It'll go. Um, next one. What temperature do Coors Light Mountains turn blue? Uh, you said 40. I'm giving that to you because it's 39. Um, and perhaps I should give you a half point for that. I'd accept a half point because I don't drink alcohol other than this is probably the first drink I've had in a long time. I know that's kind of a uh, a black eye for this show because it is okay. alcohol related sometimes. That's okay. Uh, we've had a few people that don't aren't huge drinkers and we don't we don't really mind. Would a magnet of this size hurt my hard drive? It probably won't, right? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You'll know now. <laughs> uh, See, so that was 39. I'm going to give you a half point for that, actually. Okay. So that, I'll I mean, take it. So ridiculously I'll close. I'll take it all day long. I kind of have a 10% rule on this show if you're within, <laughs> if you're within 10. Uh, in what country did IPAs be originated? That was kind of a trick question. I thought people would say India because India Pale Ale. Mm. It's, oh, actually, okay. it's actually England. So they actually brewed that for people... I, I, I don't know enough about history, but I guess people from England used to go to India to trade. Well, things. England owned India for a time, right? That or makes sense. Colonized or something. So yeah. I guess yeah. that, that makes effect. Sense. So it's actually England. Off-road racer Iron Man is Iron Stewart. Um, truck and a buggy cross is called a truggy, or um, if you were kind of struggling, I would have said, or sometimes people describe it as a tube chassis buggy instead of a VW based buggy um siren was founded in 2002 i don't give 10 percent on years no that's problem. either yes or no style of beer most widely produced in the world is lager um s13 and s14 are both nissan 240sx's and the workforce behind the architectural wonder that was paid two gallons of beer per day was the pyramids hmm. so are we at four and a half four and a half if you want to do the half point i do so you are still the new high score. Yeah. <laughs> is your name with a C at the end? Yes, it is. Okay, great. The right, the right way, not yes. the weird CK way. The correct way. Yes. The so proper four, way. Four and a half. Eric's the new high score on the pop quiz trip. It's here to 60 challenge. Oh, take it easy. So there you go. Well done. Awesome. We've kept the tradition going of not skipping any numbers. <laughs> there you go. So four and a half, four, three, two and a half, two. Well, you need a 3.5. Yeah, we need a 3.5. We'll get a 1.5 in there and a 0.5. A 0.5 would be fun. <laughs> we'll, uh, I think I had a 0.5. Yeah, somewhat. We didn't but I'm not yours. allowed to be on the board because right. I, I produced the show. Exactly. So, so well, Clearly, you didn't cheat. No. <laughs> Pat, well, okay. To my defense, Pat made up the questions as we went. It's true. About subjects that I know absolutely nothing about. So I, I just got a really strange email. Um, hmm. I'm going to show you guys. It just says, help me. This is creepy. Like, let me, let me show it's you guys It's very this. cryptic. Hold on. But it's from... Okay, you sent me the picture. I just saw it. Yeah, a little... Yeah. It's from a person to the exact same person. Yeah, no, it means it's a weird... 
I'm saying I know it's a scam of some kind. So they're caught in the matrix. Right so there you go. It's on the screen. It just says, please help me. Twice. The subject and, like, don't tell me that's not a little weird. That's really creepy, actually. Right. So <laughs> I can't show it on here, but it gives me an email address from the person. Um, and it's like a school address. Oh, really? Yeah. So it comes out. If you click on it, it's, it's that name, 25, at uga.edu. So that's uh, University, University of Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Georgia, Atlanta, UGA. Yeah, University so of Georgia, Atlanta. I think I'm going to reply to this, and um, I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to reply and be like, "What? <laughs> don't 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 reply. Why? Well, create create a fake email address first and reply from that email. Maybe I should. It's not a yeah. bad idea. Yeah. Can you create fake ones anymore? Aren't they all just taken at this point? I think so. Yeah, you could, I mean, you just make up a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> I put Marty Robbins on the screen because why not? <laughs> Marty Robbins, famous country singer, also uh, dabbled in NASCAR. Marty Robbins has one of my favorite NASCAR stories because he um, he always ran like mid to backpack, which was fine with him because he was like whatever. He's a country singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one race um, at Daytona or Talladega, he um, at the time they used to run smaller carburetors at those tracks to slow them down before the restrictor plates. He put on a normal carb, didn't even like after pre race inspection, like put it on and went out and race around like top five with it and finishes like fourth. And they come in and post race inspection, and it's super easy for them to see it. Like they're like. This is not the legal car. And he should have probably had another 100 horsepower than everybody else and finished fourth. Um, <laughs> and they go, they go, what, what are you doing? Like, why did, what are you trying to do? And he goes, oh, no, disqualify me. It's fine. I just wanted to know what it was like to get up there and run with them guys. And just like, that's... That's an awesome story. I like that. I can respect that. Yeah, like Marty Robbins is the best. He's, he's, just, he's just the best. Like, look at that car. He ran a pink and yellow Dodge Monaco. In NASCAR with his name on the quarter panel, like we're a sponsor, like STP or Purelator would like normally he be. sponsored himself. Just says, Marty Robbins. He's the first Ricky Bobby then. Basically. <laughs> yep. Basically true. Matt, what are we up to on this one? 55. All right. So this uh, this next picture is going to pop up here in a second. That's uh, us at a uh, beer pong tournament we were at uh, last weekend. That was uh, put on by Random Manufacturing, our friends over there. I really dig our last-minute marketing scheme. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even do it. They did it for me, which was cool. Um, I was the uh, the MC. Is of that, that Christmas tape that's holding it on? No, it's mustache tape. Okay. <laughs> which is much better than Christmas tape. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there was that one was a lot of fun. That was a last-minute deal where they needed somebody to kind of call the action of the beer pong tournament. It was, it was super funny because it's a... It was a tournament fundraiser to send an American representative to Malaysia for the arm wrestling world championships. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. You do not hear that every day. No. That's and, very uh, unique. Was your campaign successful? They raised a couple hundred bucks for him, cool. which was cool. That's what they're shooting for. Um, in the first Southwest flight, right? Yeah. It was like all, it was like a two-hour drive for us. So, I mean, it was it was a drive, and um, this is one of those deals. Random Manufacturing is a good friend of mine, and they put, up, they put out some cool shirts and hats and stuff. So, check them out. But they... Um, they do events like this like once a month. Um, mm-hmm. They get what well, they have. They have uh, what's called random girls, which is their girls, but in shirts and stuff that say random on them, um, which is a, which is fun. They give away free stuff, um, and they're a big supporter of auto racing. So that's why I mentioned them. Is uh, um, Darren, which is one of the the guys over there at, uh, at Random. He uh, races with me. He also races out at Orange Show in his uh, in his pony stock. He does pretty well. So uh, anybody who's a a supporter of racing, I like to to put on there especially if they're a supporter of growler garage also so um check them out randomfg.com is their website um and then the other one i wanted to mention uh, i don't have a picture for them but uh, if you live in the san diego area there is a uh, cruise or like a car show going on um it's called 
um, Cars, Coffee, and Donuts, um, which is a lot of fun. They are still a little bit new. They're still trying to build that up a little bit. I'm going to see if I get you guys a picture. But they're trying. They're putting on an event here in the next couple weeks that they're trying to get 300 cars at, um, which looks to be pretty possible. They're um, they're getting there. They've got you know a thousand fans on facebook now oh wow is, that's that's cool when yeah. did they when did they start up only a couple months ago oh wow that's, they're pretty that's new actually pretty impressive they've got some cool stories on their on their facebook page like one is um one of the guys there um found i don't know if it's the exact car or a close replica of his dad's like first car like which was like a 74 gto which is like nice. not a super desirable car but like it's unique and he like he found the one and gave it to him and he wrote a story about it and it's cool it's super cool like that's the kind of stuff that i think we're kind of all about here and I'm pulling up a picture for you guys, so bear with me for a sec. But uh, that's the kind of stuff we're all about is, you know, anything that's that's enthusiast-related. And, and there's nothing more enthusiast, I think, than... Um, Sitting in a parking lot drinking coffee. Right. And eating a donut <laughs> or two. Um, but also, like, being... There you go. They're uh, on September 27th. Um, they're aiming for 300 cars. Uh, probably a little bit of copyright infringement going on there. But I don't know if the government cares. Slightly. Does the government care? They're after us now. Not us. I don't give a shit. No. That's not now. It's the second person that's after us now. <laughs> so it's at, the Crisp, it's at the Krispy Kreme down there um, in San Diego. So for me, it's a bit of a drive. I'm hoping to make it down to one of those here. Probably not that one. Maybe the next one because I'm going to be in San Diego anyways. But go check it out. My buddy Brad runs that. Um, maybe I'll bring the fun. Scion down. There you go. <laughs> Take it. Um, that was actually one of the questions is um, what's uh you know, you work on BMW. So that's your... It's a race car that you work on. What's your daily driver? It's a uh, 2015 Scion FRS. Of course it is. Drift Mobile for sure. <laughs> uh, you done anything to it or is it pretty stock? No, it hasn't even had its first oil change yet. Well, so, so you uh, just bought it. Yeah, uh, in June I bought it. So nice. uh, it's been, uh, you know, I, I drove a, a 91 Toyota pickup forever. Yeah. Which forever. I still have. Forever. And, uh, uh, do you remember my Camaro? I do. Do you still have it? No, I no. sold that thing a no. long time ago. I got tired of spending money on it and cool. watching it not run. Uh, <laughs> black black, black and red. What was it? A 70? It was a 70 split bumper front end. Yeah, okay. And uh, I, I had so vaguely remember that. The ridiculous uh, fiberglass hood with the... It was like a four-inch cowl induction or something. It was yeah. retarded. <laughs> but I had, like, the high-rise intake on it, and it was the only thing that would fit. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm, yeah, I mean, you got to do it. I'm 20. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to eat or anything. I can just, you know, spend a ridiculous amount of money on this car that will barely run. So, And that was my daily driver for a long time. And uh, I, I did... Uh, it got it got a little dusty when I watched that car roll away after I sold it, uh, yeah. but uh, it was just necessary. You can't have a car like that yeah. for your daily. It's just I've been there more times than than most people, and yeah, I feel you. It's like yeah. at that moment you're like, man, you're like, should I? I what but, what am I doing? But a week I later, you're like, oh yeah, that was worth it. Because yeah. you're like you're sitting there and you're like, man, what do I want to do today? Oh, well, luckily I don't have to change something stupid on my car today in order to get to work tomorrow. <laughs> I got really good at swapping starters out. <laughs> I got really good. Like, I could go from on the ground to changed and back on the ground in probably about 10 minutes. Wow. It got to be a system. And I finally just, uh, I don't know, it was just like reman starters because yeah. I would just go to like classic industries and be like, or uh, AutoZone, I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, I just like, 
they'd exchange it for free because they'd be like, yeah, I bought this like two weeks ago and it doesn't work anymore. And right. I finally ended up just going to class. There's that many, huh? It was ridiculous. Did you have headers on the car or no? Uh, yeah, I had a hooker comp headers. Okay, so they, it was getting hot. Probably. Yeah. But as soon as I put like the one I got from Classic Industries on, I never had a problem with it again. So was it a stock replacement from Classic, or was it like a high torque mini starter type? I deal? believe it was a high. Yeah, it was the smaller one. Okay. Yeah, because I I had a, a it was a modified motor, and it was probably burning up the stock one. Yeah, I had this. I had a Chevelle for a minute, and um, it was the same thing as is I put the normal starter on it, and it would just get too hot, and the solenoid would just burn up. And Chevys put the solenoid on the starter, right? Yeah. Unlike everybody else, um, and that's one of the fun things. Um, I, I've owned one Chevy I've owned several Fords and this is my first Chrysler the Cordova that's just off camera mm -hmm. um, and it's fun for me to find the stuff that one company does better than the others right like on those old because they're all within about 10 years I, I've never owned a car older than 68 I've never um, and when I'm talking about these cars I'm comparing none of them are newer than 75 so it's all within a 7 year mm -hmm. span which is crazy to think about how much they changed in 7 years right like it's a lot <laughs> but it's funny because like I can list off all the things Chevy did wrong, and I thought about opening up a Twitter or a Tumblr account that was like, like hashtag just Chevy things, and just putting pictures of all the things that Chevy did wrong on those cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then like, I grew up in a Mopar family, right? And my dad's a f kind of a Ford guy, but really it's Mopar at the end of the day. It's Dodge, it's Chrysler, it's Plymouth, mm. whatever. Um, but now that I've owned a Mopar product, a Chrysler, in this case a Cordoba or the Chargeoba as I call it. Um, there's there's a lot wrong with them too uh and it, it's things like on the chevy you always have to adjust your valves even if it's a hydraulic cam um on the older ones it's it's always like you don't have to do it every day or anything but it's you know it's a hydraulic cam engine so that means that the, the lifters are hydraulic where they have fluid in them and they kind of will adjust to the correct pressure automatically but right. yet you still have to adjust your valves every six months or so just because of the way they're made they don't have rocker shafts so they just go out of tolerance basically. yeah they just, they'll okay. just go out of tolerance and a ford is not that way a chrysler is not that way and a chevy if you do a little bit of work to it is also not that way I'm putting it back on the on the thing of a jig here for what it's worth i own a 2015 car and <laughs> i there are several things i've been like why would you do this this seems <laughs> ridiculous oh yeah like on um a lot of vws you got to take the entire front end off the car change the alternator right um, which that's, is that's a good design. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that on uh, my wife's uh, Tiguan. I heard something. Uh, the mini, <laughs> the mini did something too, where to, like get to something you have to like remove the engine or something. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Step one: pull motor. <laughs> you know, and it's so funny because like the Chrysler, like I've been pretty happy with the Chryslers. It doesn't need starter shims. It doesn't need the valves adjusted every six months. But I put a ratchet shifter on it yesterday. Um, you know, a, a, it's an automatic trans at this point. And it caught fire immediately? <laughs> no. Okay. That's <laughs> it right there. The, um, <laughs> the shift linkage on, on, or I should say the shifter on, on most cars, Chevy, Ford, whatever, sticks out the side of the transmission. It's got uh -huh. just basically a, a bolt with kind of a notch so that the, the shift um, arm, if you will, the sits on it in. and just, yeah, and just ratchets it. Chrysler is the same way, except it comes out the top of the oil pan. So... You have this the oil pan that sticks out about an extra two inches width-wise than it probably needs to, and that's to cover this. And then between the tunnel and the trans, you have a shift arm. Okay. So you want to get to that, you got to get a wrench, and you can't use a socket. You got to... 
and just turning it little by little by not little. even a ratcheting wrench would work yeah i mean it did we we had that okay. but it's still i don't think they existed at the time they made the cars but right it was still uh, like okay we've got that off now i gotta put this new one on sight unseen just right lining it up you got your hand up there and you're just putting it down and you're just like wow chrysler like you dropped the ball on that that was hard like it took me six hours to put a, a ratchet shifter in this car and I've done it in Chevys and I don't know, you could probably do it in an hour and a half. Easy, right. taking your time. Ford, same way. And it was just little shit. And some of it was, was stuff we did because I have an aftermarket, you know, trans cooler on it. So the transmission lines were in the way and the exhaust was in the way. And that's not Chrysler's fault. That's stuff I did. But they have like this ridiculous like heat like um I don't I don't know what you call it, but like a piece of metal. It goes between the heat shielding. Heat shield. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the, it's like three pieces and it's like four feet long and like it, it prohibited us from getting the the, the shift um, cable in there because it, it, there was no room to route it and I was like that's Chrysler, interesting. what are you doing? There's always a couple of things where you're like this must have been the last day yeah. and they were just like fuck you it know what? get it out of here just throw it in <laughs> yeah and even, no one's ever going to change this right <laughs> and even in new cars like i helped my buddy put a, an exhaust a catback exhaust on his fiesta st the other day and um it has um it, it's like they it's, it's almost like they cast the car as one piece like they poured it into a mold <laughs> and cast it and, I, and i'm it's not play-doh right? <laughs> and I, I love those cars and i'm not knocking them but Underneath, Out they comes then a fiesta. they then took like a sawzall. I'm not even kidding. Like a sawzall and cut holes into it where they needed stuff to be. Because every car it can't be smooth underneath. It. Right. There's stuff that needs to be there, exhaust hangers and blah blah blah, whatever. So there's, there's they cut the the places into it where stuff needs to be. But they just took like I I shit you not know, like a sawzall and cut it and smoothed nothing out. Like I put I got this enormous <laughs> cut on my knuckle from unbolting the exhaust and I I went up and and kind of like hit the the bottom of the car didn't uh-huh. think anything of it and i right. looked down i'm like my hand is like cut open what and i look up and there's like a saw blade cut just jagged metal oh yeah <laughs> and it was sharp like that's i was awesome. like i was like wow this is a new car and like but you know and that's the little stuff that well I, to know. be fair there's cutback and deeper tools are expensive right yeah right yeah <laughs> and taking the time you can't get those at harbor freight or anything <laughs> yeah and I was just like, man. Spending that two ninety nine is <laughs> it wasn't in the budget. Sorry. You're gonna have to buy more than one. Yeah. And so. it's just gonna add up. And you know, that's the little stuff that gotta cut costs. Got the American cars, I think, to where they were what ten years ago when everybody hated American cars, right? Right. And they're they're kind of restructured like they're they're look like people like American cars again to an extent. Most people don't really mind them too much. It's you know, they don't have the bad reputation they did. Certainly to an extent they do. <laughs> It's going to get you. <laughs> but we're not. Moss <laughs> bird in here. <laughs> but it's not like 96 Taurus status. Right. You know? But I look at that and I'm like, man, like I, that doesn't, that in it, in it of itself doesn't bother me because I, I kind of get it. Who, they don't design the cars for people to change their exhaust and blah, blah, right. blah. But what else in that car is done with that same level of, you know, quality control? Right. You know? What is not obvious when you put it on a lift and look around for three seconds and go, hmm. I'm pretty sure Mr. Ford would be unhappy if right. he saw a picture of this, if he knew what it was. Right. But, yeah, the, it's also interesting that, uh, I mean, you know, you talk about cars from the 60s and the 70s, and you knew what was a good car and what was a total piece of crap. And right. you still have that. You've got a Bugatti, and you've got a, uh, I, don't, 
don't think they make Daewoo's anymore, but no, you've got the uh, Daewoo equivalent, the smart car and all yeah, this, but you nothing you get in is a complete piece of crap anymore. No, that, and, you know, like I said, true. we all used to be drivers and there'd be, you know, you get, oh, you're getting a PT cruiser. Every day. Every damn day. <laughs> At least three of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you know, PT I, cruiser. And I want to talk about And this. Malibu's. Malibu's and um, Hyundai Elantra's. Yeah, a Hyundai is yeah. a decent car now, no, and not, you go yeah. back to not the Elantra, back then. Back right? Then, no. You look at that car, <laughs> and you're like, "This is a piece of crap." And now, if you were to still have that job, and you're like, "Oh, you're gonna go get a Hyundai." All right, cool. cool. I'm, I'm going to San Diego <laughs> right. and a Hyundai. All right, this yeah, is all I hope right. it's a Genesis. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I want to talk about this because we all worked, um, and this place we're talking about is uh, a place where basically it delivered cars from dealership to dealership. They're usually used cars. Sometimes they're new though. Doing dealer um, trades. Yeah, dealer trades. Somebody goes, "I don't need a red," you know. Pontiac Grand Am, PT but cruiser. I need that black PT Cruiser. <laughs> so I need a hundred PT Cruisers <laughs> from the rental car place yeah. in LA so near the airport. I won't tell our PT Cruiser story, um, but thank you. You're welcome. Um, but can we tell that one off the air? Because yeah. I don't know what this one is. Yeah, yeah, and that one. I think the statute of limitations probably run out, but not the statue of getting our ass kicked. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> I am actually in close proximity to the owner of the company, so. as am I. Yeah, so. I'm right down the street. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, so maybe <laughs> I don't think I've talked to them since, and I have nothing but enormous. I'll get a text. Things to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's we hilarious. both will. Right, that's hilarious. They're, you're probably gonna get texts for this because they're gonna be like, "What's the PT Cruiser story?" Uh, two, by the way, I think we'd all agree. Two of the greatest people on the planet. Oh no oh, doubt. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, I have nothing. I'm not even sucking up. Like, oh, no. it's awesome. Sorry, cops troll by, and it makes me weird. Um, that, I mean, like, yeah, they're no, keeping you safe. Right. Unless you're homeless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're in because Fullerton. It's Fullerton. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they'll just shoot you. Yeah. I thought about going back. I know they need people right now, but I thought about going back. I'm looking for work right at the moment, but I'm like, I thought about going back. What do you do? Time. I know a lot of places that are hiring. Um, I, I Can you weld? Not well. Oh, okay. I wouldn't pass an x-ray test. I can make them stick together. Uh, there's no such thing as x-ray in automotive. Okay. Well, as long as you can make it pretty and it'll stick for a while, you're all right. I can make it stick. I don't know about the pretty part, but um, I do marketing and, and sales and okay. tech support and that kind of stuff. So You get I'm, to sit in air-conditioned rooms. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the air-conditioning. I very much envied you today <laughs> as I was sweating my ass off in the shop. I was like, God, maybe I... I re I need to rethink this whole working at a desk thing. That's right, and you know, and it's it, it wears on you. But I, I've got some good, you know, things lined up. We'll see how it goes. But um, what I wanted to go with this is we've we've all three of us have driven more cars than more different styles of cars than most people probably have. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on what you think the best car, you, individually, the best individual car you ever drove there was, or in general, just in your life. Um, and let's go stock. Let's say not something super modified or whatever. Right. And then the worst car you ever drove. And give me the horror story if there's one to go with that. I'll give you the best sleeper was definitely the uh, uh, the Sienna, the Toyota minivan. What? Oh, yeah. Like, that thing was a friggin' rocket ship. Yeah. Like, it, there were like some the, times coming back from San Diego the where company, you're going through... The company people mover? Right. Yeah. yeah. Going uh, uh, through Pendleton where it's like you have to... Pay attention to how fast you are going. Yeah. Because you're just cruising. It's a minivan. Yeah. And you're just cruising along and you look down and you go, I'm passing everybody very fast. Yeah. I should not, this car should not go this fast. <laughs> and it, I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't even remember. I'm sure they were using like, I don't know, the Camry motor or something. Yeah, I'm sure. But for what it was, it was like this 
this thing is pretty fast. Like, fair. And legitimately a quick little vehicle. Fair. And, and on a, along the same lines is um, the company pretty much all had white Toyotas. Right. Um, and, and sometimes people would shit on the Corolla. But, like, and the Corolla was nothing special, but that car was kind of fun because it had very good right. driver feedback. And, like, you'd cut into a corner and just kind of turn. Like, it wasn't, like, a lazy turn-in. Right. It was like a... Yeah, it would... You'd get some input. Yeah. It wasn't, like, driving a big old mush bucket. Right. But, uh... No, and, uh, like, legitimately driving those Corollas around made me be like, I might have to get one of these as, like, a <laughs> commuter at some point. Yeah, right. you had the Camaro my, the I had the Camaro, and I'm like, it'd be nice to just get in something that I got in and turned the key and, and didn't you know have to worry. No, it's going to start. <laughs> and it's got, you know, things like heat and air conditioning right. and... Well, I mean, the Camaro and had... fuel injection. I mean, the Camaro had heat. Well, you'd have to open the vent. In, in direct heat. Yeah. <laughs> but you just have to floor it harder. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to generate some heat. Yeah, yeah. That's right. In the summer, it was hot. <laughs> Best thing you'd ever do on old cars, get rid of all the sound insulation, because then in the winter, it get, it'll get nice and toasty. And in right. the summer, you just... Do like, why did I get rid of the sound insulation? <laughs> Even then, though, it's just I like... You just whatever. roll the windows down, dry faster. Yeah, or yep. In my case, you get rid of your windows. You don't need them. Well, yeah. <laughs> I uh, guess you could you weight. could go that far. You know, if you weight. really wanted to, I only drive on a weekend. Sits in the garage. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the worst car. Uh, PT I was, Cruisers, man. The PT was bad. The PT all those, Cruiser. Honestly, all the Chryslers, the 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 300 Cs, everything, just the Dodges, like uh. Early 2000s like Chrysler o- was not good. Like the no. o- the 0506 Chargers were just. The ones we picked up that were going to the police department, I was shocked how big of a pile of crap those oh, were. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could get away from these like, easily. Oh, oh, sweet. <laughs> Cop car. Like, it's going to haul ass. No. No, completely. I mean, it was... Garbage. They must have been V6s. Because, I mean... The, no, they were. Nah, yeah. Because the 5.7 were on a 13. They were not 5.7s. No. They were V6s. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, the park enforcement, they you know, they run the V6s and stuff. But no, these were like, black, they were black these and white. And, 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 and well, they yeah, had I, the, the area pulled apart where the computer would go. And I don't know. Maybe they were like a commander's car. This is obviously not the guy who's, you know, chasing people down. It's not the high down. pursuit vehicle. Right. This isn't sure. CHP. Yeah. That's one funny thing about the Hemi cars, especially when they first came out, is they didn't feel fast at all. And, and um, when I bought my Focus, another car I was looking at was I was looking at getting a used Magnum. Because I love wagons and, you know, 5.7 Hemi, blah, blah, blah. And when I drove them, you know, the speed wasn't the issue because they're, they're plenty fast enough as far as that's concerned with the 5.7 in them. But I was blown away at how bad they had aged. It was only like a six-year-old car at the time, five or six-year-old car. And I, I drove four of them, right? Varying from about 60,000 miles for a five, six-year-old car. It's, you know, that's decent. Up to 120,000 miles. And they had things like the dashboard falling off. The oil pressure and that's gauge. that's because the, the, that era of, of the American cars was built with, like, the worst quality plastic. Well, then, that's so weird is because... For that all was the interior the, parts. The first generation of Hemis was right when when Mercedes was owning mm-hmm. Chrysler. And there are certain things that are very Mercedes about it. You know, the turn signals have a very nice, clunk, clicky... Like, you feel... The, right, the, the controls turn, are, It's all very just... Yeah, but it's... The thing's just... Like the, they like drive the, bad. I had one that had a transmission that wouldn't grab second. It would only go from first to third. And I'm like, this car's five years old. It's 80,000 miles on it. How is it missing second gear? And why are you Penske Toyota? And I'm, I, will, I don't mind main, naming that. Why are you selling this car? And like then I went back and I drove an Xterra from there and it had zero oil pressure. Mm. Like n- none. No oil pressure. Yep. And I was like, we're going to blow this thing up. And he goes, 
No, it's probably fine. Nah, you're all right. I picked up. Look, there's a drop in there. Right. What did I pick? I forget. It was some whatever four-door sedan. I picked it up from Victorville. And I started the car. I was running it because it was hot, so I had the air on. And I was, you know, doing my my write-up on it before I left the dealership. Right. And I look up at the dashboard. Temp gauge. Just pegged. pegged. (laughs) I hope you drove it. Pegged. (laughs) So I'm like, what the hell? So I popped the hood real quick. And I, I looked at the uh, the overflow. Was there even a cap on it? It was like foam. Like, <laughs> just foam. The head gasket was dead on it. Toast. That's amazing. <laughs> I you walked back in would, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not taking this car. You would get the cars where you know they're coming back. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to pick this thing up tomorrow and have to drive it back here. Like, why are you even going to let this go? And uh, for the viewers at home. What would happen was if you took it from dealership A to dealership B, dealership B paid for it. But if you took it back to dealership A, they dealership twice. A paid for both trips. Yeah. Yep. That's an easy, depending on how long the trip was, it could be like 500 bucks. There were some where it was several hundred dollars. Yeah, it and it's like between like, you know, like what, 75 yeah, and 100. It depended on how far you went. Yeah. Like if you went from like Victorville to San Diego, which I did a couple times, I was like, Ooh, this is this is not going to be yeah. good for you. You don't want to take this car. I had one of the, I had one of those, and, and that's one of those things. That if if you've got a car that's got an issue with it, dealerships really need to just auction those cars. Hmm. Don't sell them to people. Don't sell them to another dealership. Just auction it or fix it if it's easy. But I took a Jetta one time. Did it smell like crayons? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what the hell was up with that? I don't. It must be like the glue or something. Something in used. the in the plastic when it yeah. got hot. It smells like day, a box of crayons. <laughs> to this day, VW still here. Take one. Smells a little bit like crayons, and I like it. <laughs> so I'm cool with it. All right, a little bit. No. Uh, yes, it does. No. On a hot day, you go sit in the car, and it smells a little bit like Crayola. No, it's not and they've gotten better with it. Then it's a little. Yeah, it's better than it used to be. Okay. But um, I always dreaded it if I saw Jetta on there. It's it's going to have an electrical problem And I'm a German car fan and I'm Mm. a VW fan But at that that era of early 2000s And mid 2000s VWs They all had electrical problems Electrical problems and if it was anything over 60,000 miles the interior was Falling apart Yes Mm. I'm waiting to see if our Tiguan does that shambles My mom had an O2 O2 Passat wagon wagon, And the second it hit 65,000 miles Interior just went to shit. Yeah, we're waiting for that on her Tiguan. We're at thirty right now. Yeah, and um, it was the strangest thing. And if we have interior mm-hmm. issues, fine. I just don't want it to have mechanical problems because I don't want to take the whole front end off to change the alternator. She never had mechanical problems with that car. Then I'm in. I'm it was solid. Car. Now that said, is every Jedi I got had electrical issues when I was working at that company, and I took one time from Kearney Mesa. I took a VW up to um, you remember the used car lot in in Fontana. Um, uh, Tom's or something or Don's oh, yeah. Don's Don's Auto Don's yeah. Auto and um, <laughs> uh, these are all things that I was hoping I'd never remember again <laughs> to a certain point not that I didn't enjoy my time there but I've driven past places and been like oh yeah. oh you again oh. all the time yeah yep. so so I get to I'm driving to Fontana and, and it's so far so good I'm driving up cruising leather got seat heaters I'm like yeah this is cool alright I think the car had an aux input which was always like yeah because that was before Bluetooth right know? yeah so I get to about I think the 10 and the uh, 57 okay and all of a sudden the, the, the dashboard start dimming the dash lights start dimming and I'm like what oh the alternator has gone bad <laughs> and I went oh no and I went how's this happening and I come to the conclusion that they charged that battery full up because they knew but the alternator wasn't working so it, it was using that charge slowly 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 
I get to that and it starts dimming, dimming. So I, I turn off everything. I turn off the radio. I turn off the AC. The, the You know, you go into full Apollo 13 mode. <laughs> right. You know, and, um, you know, I, and I get a little farther and the car starts missing. It's missing. And it's about that point where I know it's just coincidentally the chase car was behind me. The Corolla full, filled with three of the... Uh, what older are, gentlemen. The older gentlemen, yeah, the silver foxes, if you yes. the silver foxes, <laughs> the ones that that <laughs> the retirement plan bringing up the rear, right? Always have the recirculating AC on, so that they <laughs> can never AM, AM Sports Radio, AM Sports Radio, recirculating AC, so that they can never escape their own whiffs. <laughs> um, <laughs> like love <laughs> the stories, like lovely people. <laughs> Honest to God, they were all very good people. Loved them, but I they, think we could probably have another episode just we about. Could, yeah, no we could doubt. have an entire episode dedicated. <laughs> no to the doubt. madness. <laughs> so continue. I, I'm going, and it starts missing. It's missing, and um, I don't remember. I don't remember his name, but he rode a scooter to work every day. Reed. Reed. There it is. <laughs> so coincidentally, lives less than a mile from me. No longer. Oh he yeah, moved. he moved out there, didn't he? Oh, that's hilarious. Do you go? He lives on the other side of the freeway from do you, me. Do you have dinner with him? No, I saw him at the uh, the little shopping center Dude, across the street go, from me. Let's go have dinner with him. I know. I he doesn't work there anymore, though, right? No. No. So coincidentally, um, Reed was the man. We're that, gonna get sidetracked so much. In oh, this. we already are. Yeah. So, so it's, it's way past. An I pick hour up the right radio. Now. I don't care. It's fun. It's I a pick up. We have we have walkie talkies. <laughs> I pick up the radio and I say, "Hey, um, whoever." I said, "I said, hey, um, chase car, or whatever. Do you copy and blah blah." blah. Uh, the car's car's missing on me. Um, so be ready. You know, I might have to get off freeway. And, did they understand what missing was? Not really. So, okay. So, so Reed says... <laughs> that looks like it's right in front of me. I don't know. So Reed goes, uh, so you mean it's like not, it's not running very good? And I go, yeah. He goes, keep the RPMs up. And I went, what? He goes, keep the RPMs up. I go, what? And he goes, no, it'll, it'll make it so it doesn't, it's not... Clutch kick it. Right. <laughs> and he goes, just keep your RPMs up. I go, no, it's, it's not a fuel issue. It's an electrical issue. If I keep the, like, it's out of charge. Like the more... RPM train, the more spark, more times of sparking, like, no, I right. gotta keep the RPMs down. The more throttle you give it, the less it wants to run. Right. So it eventually shuts off, and I go, I pull off, <clears throat> and I go, hey, guys, like, here's what we can do. Like, I'm already way past halfway here. Like, we can jump this and let it charge for a few minutes, go, charge it, go, charge it. We could probably do it in about three to five charges, you know, or. You know, we can call it in and see what they say and um, probably end up getting it towed somewhere or something. And it's going to end up back in San Diego. And they're like, well, we're only like five miles away. So just let's just do it. So we charge it. And um, I get and long story short is it goes about two miles and it stops. And it was the alternator had stopped working. So it was running off the, just the battery charge we could give it. And um, finally, we get off the freeway to where Don's Auto Center is. And it shuts off as I'm getting off the freeway coming to a, a green light. And I went, it's down that hill. Mm-hmm. Like, I can make it and the light turns yellow. And the light turns red. And I went, not stopping here. <laughs> <laughs> so I just send it through the center section. And it had, it, it, like, it had just turned red. But it was like, it was one of those things Does where, the like, horn still work when the battery's out? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so it was, it was one things of Things you never think of until you right. really need them. Also power steering. Absolutely. So... so it um it was one of those things where the you you're trying you're kind of trying to chase the yellow and you think you're gonna make it and then it doesn't but it's too late and you're like <laughs> you're well. way past the point of never yeah and it's either lock it up because you don't have ABS you don't have power brakes anymore right. so it's either you slide into the intersection or you just realize hey they're all at a stop 
so I'm going to beat him to this intersection. I'm just going to be a dick. So I swear, that was the choice that I made. And I went, all right, we're probably going to make it. And I turned and I went, fuck, power steering. <laughs> so I crank it and I'm cranking it. And I'm like looking at this gas station coming at me. And I'm like, oh man, what a way to go out. <laughs> You're like, well, it was nice working here. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it turned, but then it basically like we're going down the hill and I'm like, I get it. I get it. Turned, I'm just going straight. And it's one of those full Fontana, like, um, off ramps where it's like big ramps. Right. So I'm like, with all the Ivy in it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, Don's is right there. And I'm like, all right, the next light needs to stay green and I can probably coast it in. And the next light stays green and I coast it in and, uh, they come out and I'm like, I'm stopped like in the middle of their, (laughs) (laughs) could you move it? No. Yeah. I go in and I get the the paperwork signed (laughs) off and I hand him the key and he goes out. Uh, he immediately goes outside and he's like, Goes to start it and nothing happens. He goes, "Hey, this car doesn't run." That's weird. It ran for me. I got, I got it here, and he goes, <laughs> "He goes, no, it's, it's, it won't start." And I'm like, "No, it's, I don't know. It probably just, Maybe I don't it's know, got a dead battery. I don't know." So I'm like, "I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know too much about them cars. <laughs> I can't hear you. I'm in the back seat. Bye." And he goes, "Like, we got this car needs to go back. I don't want it." And I'm like, you need to call somebody else. And we get in the Corolla, and <laughs> I don't have the authority to make that decision. Yeah. <laughs> and we drive back, and I go, I go, um, I don't know, I'm not gonna use her name, but I go, "Hey, um, Tabitha, you got a copy?" Tabitha, <laughs> <laughs> she'll like that one. <laughs> Tabby, <laughs> uh, Tabby, you got a copy? Go with that. And uh. Hey, I dropped the car off. Uh, you know, this was after I already gotten the you know the, the amount due and all that kind of stuff. And I go, hey, just heads up, it it wouldn't start for them. It gave us a, a few issues, and she goes, yeah, you think it's gonna need to go back? I go, yeah. She goes, all right, we'll we'll see how it goes. A couple days later, Don's auto had changed the alternator on it, but out of principle, didn't want it anymore and sent it back. <laughs> so they paid for a new alternator for these people. What nice. kind of car was it? It was a Jetta. So how much does all need to run on a Jetta? I mean, it couldn't have probably cost them more than 150, 200 bucks. That's all right, including labor. And I'm just like, like it was just the strangest thing because because Don's like, I guess they they didn't want to have to pay for a tow truck back or it was just that was one of those things that was just like this this odd just moment where you're just like, what in the hell? was that it's it's up there with the yeah. rx8 hitting the tire oh my god <laughs> and, um, <laughs> i wish you you got to take a couple days off almost and work on it uh-huh. which was fun so i don't do you remember brandon younger guy brandon is my spirit animal by the way <laughs> i <No>. am drawing <laughs> a blank a younger guy super awkward like looked like a drugged out <laughs> harry potter he was a jerk most of the time I'm sure well, if I saw a picture of him, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, so, it's one of those things where he was, I don't know if he was a jerk, but he was, was he related to anyone or was he just a guy? No, just he drove guy. off the street. He drove a, a silver infinity, um, like a Q20 or some weird thing at the yeah. time. Some little. Interestingly name. enough, that rings more of a bell than his right? name. Okay. Yeah. He was just a dude that you just knew went to a place that didn't truck test. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, I don't know if they drunk, they didn't drug test me, I don't think, but. I'm just saying. <laughs> they didn't drug test me, but they asked me 
if if you get a drug test, are you cool? And I said, yeah, I'm fine with that. And I think that was enough. Yeah. I think they figured if I was like, well, what day is it? Then it would probably be. I could just see different. him sitting there being like, oh yeah, totally, yeah, 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 no problem, yeah, 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 absolutely, no problem, no problem at all. What? How hard are drugs you talking? And I got an itch. I got an itch. It's under the skin, but it's still an itch. And like, I'm not. I'm. Here's the thing. I've been drug tested once in my life, and Me I've too. worked at some fairly large companies. Yep. <laughs> Most places don't drug test because right. it's. It's, it's expensive. It's, it's expensive, I, and it's it's easier. I would to, figure you probably lose a lot of people at this point. Yeah, the only place drug test to me is Best Buy. You know, and, and they yeah. have interestingly, to. oh, I guess the corporate. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes. They sense. just have to. Everybody else, and I've worked at some bigger companies. It's simply, can you pass a drug test? Yeah. Can you pass a background check? Yeah. All right, cool. Don't lie <laughs> we'll to us. Take your word for it. Because if 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 you end up crashing the forklift into something and they got a drug right. test and you pass it. You get yourself it's a big trouble. You know, you're better off just telling them, hey, no, you know what? I smoke weed or I, you know, do recreational cocaine. You know, recreational <laughs> cocaine. You know, because it's, some places might go. I only do cocaine when I do heroin. Right. That's right. Which is uh, two, three times a week top. Right. Because <laughs> there's some places that are probably, I know from experience, not, and I don't, I don't smoke weed or anything, but I know people that do. And, and it's like. Well, you just smoke weed. All right. Well, just don't don't do it while you're in the car. Yeah, don't show up to work. Wait, and red and I also the wait name, but that place didn't do that. They they were not like, oh, okay, that's fine. Just don't don't show up that way. It was no, you're driving. Like right. you're not doing any of that. But hey, you know what? There's there's still some semblance of taking people's word for it. There know? was uh, and I don't think anybody there was really. I don't know that that dude was on anything, but right, he sure acted like it's. I, I'm not going to name names, and hopefully I don't get in trouble. But there was a uh, a, a fairly large firing. Yeah, yeah. Don't name somewhat. Names. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, somewhat recently because things got a little lax. Apparently, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know they're t- super friendly people. And and which is awesome, but you have to understand that it's still a business. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to go down really hard if they go down. And I think some people got this. Uh, oh no, we're we're all buddies. We're we're friends. I'm working for my friend, and it's like that's that's always going to work just fine until you cross a certain line. And and yeah, some you, people had to be let go. <laughs> you got to respect people's livelihood. You know, oh, absolutely. And that's you know, and and that's. Um, nobody, nobody's perfect, but I, I never showed up to work on anything. So. No. <laughs> In answer to the question you asked me 40 minutes ago, <laughs> the, uh, the cool, cause I, it took me a minute to think I had to remember the coolest car I ever drove and I didn't get to drive it very far. Unfortunately, uh, I drove it from a, a place in, uh, Anaheim to, uh, a place in Buena Park. So it was like right down the street, but it was, uh, it was a 911 GT2, I think it was. Oh, oh wow. It was an incredible story. car. Yeah. I was like, when, uh, when I got told what car it was, I was like, ah, okay, whatever. It was like a Beetle or something, right? Yeah. And he's like, no, that's it. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, today's looking up. <laughs> yeah. And that was one of the good things about, uh, being a responsible human being as both of you know you got some cool cars and yeah. they knew that we were car people yeah. so they throw us a bond every now and yeah, then. you yeah. get a bmw on that list uh that's gonna go to this particular person yeah. and uh they would apparently except there was, for matt they would keep you out of pts but apparently matt got all all the pts all of them yeah i, I didn't <laughs> get many of them i got one which was fun i got one with a five speed once oh that's cool oh, yeah, which was kind too. of interesting super weird yeah i didn't expect it like it was ever, still a piece of crap but it was a more fun piece of crap did you ever get the turbo once 
I did get a turbo one occasionally, yeah. like maybe once or twice. Runs real good in a straight line, and then that's about it. Yep. The first car I ever got there was a Mini Cooper S. Oh, okay. And I was like, this is going to be a cool job. That was back when they were the, the Minis were pretty solid. Cool. That was like they the were first, fairly new. The first yeah. gen of the new Minis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Mini Cooper S was about as hot hatch as it gets, because back then it was just that in the, in the GTI. Yeah, exactly. That was before the I don't the even SD. necessarily know if I knew what a GTI was at that time. Yeah. I was not into that scene, but I was like, hey, it's... Oh, it's got a six-speed and a supercharger. This is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were telling a story about something. Brandon? Yeah. Tell oh, us yeah. the RX-8 the story. The RX-8 story. Okay. So uh, he chased me up to Valencia to drop a car off, and then we were supposed to take this RX-8 <laughs> to, I don't know, somewhere in Los Angeles. Bless you. Thank you. So he picks me up, and we get on the freeway there, and it was right at that, the 514 truck lane right. area, and he's driving like a freaking moron, like breaking every traffic law you could possibly bla- break because he's in an RX-8, and he I, thinks he's hot shit. That's him, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and I'm like, I'm holding on for dear life, and we're on the freeway, and he's tailgating the shit out of this Mercedes. And all of a sudden, this Mercedes changes lanes, like, very suddenly. Changes lanes. I remember the story now. And truck tread. (laughs) Bam! Totally blows off the front bumper of this RX-8. Cracks the headlight, like, this thing is, it's in some pretty piss poor shape. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm like. And he's like, what, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, well, pull over. <laughs> stop. Immediately stop. In the number five lane. Yeah, like, pull over, get off the freeway. Mm-hmm. Let's call, you know, the boss and say, hey, you know, we had an incident. And Yeah. Okay, head to the shop. All right. Well, does it drive? Yeah, it drives. You know, the bumper's off of it. It's in the back of the car. Will it, will it get back to the shop? Yeah, okay, head back to the shop. So then I, they didn't want to send the car out to get repaired by a shop because it's going to cost them right terrible amounts of money right and it was a white rx8 if i recall too which was a very rare color pearl white yeah just (laughs) an absurdly (laughs) rare color you see those everywhere yeah right (laughs) so you know they're like okay matt you you kind of know i think this was just after you had quit no i was still there you were still there yeah okay they're like, Matt, you, you kind of know your way around cars. Do you think, you know, you could get this thing back together if we buy the parts? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just a bunch of, you know, plastic tree clips. It, right. It'll go back together pretty easy. It's not, the none of the body panels were bent or anything, so. They just had scuffs on them, or? It, it was just the mm-hmm. front fascia basically got knocked off. Right. especially what it was. So, you know, polished off all the, you know, the tire marks and epoxied the headlight threw the bumper back together went to go get it painted but i spent a week working yeah. on a car <laughs> but, a couple yeah. hours every night after work or what it was during work it was during work oh really okay yeah, instead yeah. of driving cars he was doing that and uh to the to the credit of the bosses you know what was cool is they they didn't fire him for that yes you they know? did no he was still there oh oh that's right yeah i'm yeah it was the you next. had to do a lot yeah they were very understanding people like they were like hey you know what that can happen like they weren't happy well yeah but my it, incident report should have gotten him fired but <laughs> it was like it was it was one of those things like what can you and he did a couple and i don't want to rag on the guy too much but like there was one time i was back in a car in 
into the shop, right. you know, and there was a lot of cars in there. There was only a select few people that were allowed to do that. Yeah. So I'm back in the car and he's in the passenger seat and he's writing his paperwork. And I guess he felt the car, what he thought stopped. He flings the door open. And so oh, I'm no. still backing up. I don't notice. And I look over and the door goes into the front end of like a G35. At least it was a cheap car that it went into. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, are you freaking serious right now? Like what? And so I pull back forward and I look out and I'm like, well, <laughs> and uh, the, uh, the, no. the, there's only one recourse. I have to kill you. <laughs> right. So I'm looking at it and, and the boss's uh, son happened to be there that day. And he goes in and tells, you know, his dad and he goes, his, his, and the boss comes out. I've never seen him actually. He wasn't yelling mad or I've never seen him. So this is the closest I ever saw him get. And he goes, man, you know what? This just, it ain't that easy, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, it, yeah, I didn't know he opened the door. And he goes, hey, I'm back in the car in the shop. It's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes back inside. I'm like, trying to stay as calm as humanly possible. Trying yeah. not to strangle him. <laughs> and this was maybe a week after the RX-8 thing. Like, it oh, was, no oh, way. Yeah. Geez. And I think that it was like a thing where, every, I mean, everybody was at fault. And I was, I was definitely willing to accept some fault. Like, I was like, hey, right. I probably should have told him to get out or paid more attention or I, I, I should have heard the door open or whatever. I'm I'm driving. It's still my responsibility. That's fine. But You don't expect someone to fling the door open while no. you're moving, you yeah. know? I told him, I was like, I was like, man, like, you should have waited until I stopped. He's like, I thought you were. I'm like, yeah, but you were. What were you going to do? Tuck and roll? What are we doing here? <laughs> he, he was no even paperwork. I thought we stopped. We just, he did that with the door. And I'm just like, dude. Like, because that's what you do with your door. You fling it open without right. looking inside while you're in a confined in, space yeah, with other vehicles around. <laughs> and I was just It's like, still a bad idea, no matter any way he slices that. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. And, and I felt like I didn't have to say anything because he was in the passenger seat and he was already in hot water so it's kind of like yeah i think they'll figure this one out right <laughs> and um and i didn't really get any trouble for it but it was still kind of uh it was it was still crummy you know but it was uh were you guys around for the uh thunderbird convertible top yes i was <laughs> <laughs> that was that was i crazy. heard that and that was impressive mm-hmm. now that was not as as far as I know, that was not a driver's fault. That yeah. was not properly installed at the dealership he took it from. And and for what it's worth, we all know, like, we aren't supposed to work on the cars. It's not our responsibility. They're supposed to be ready to go. Yeah. And you wouldn't, I would never, I never, any convertible I drove, I was not inspecting the hard oh. top right. to make sure when you got on the freeway, yeah, and hit roughly sixty miles an hour. The top was not going to fly off. Now this is one of those kind of retro um, Thunderbirds, like a two thousand two. I think right. it was. They only lasted for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, they were on the Lincoln LS platform and the Jaguar uh, <laughs> S type platform. There's all together. We're probably not going to be able to name the name of this company now oh, that no. we've said we've Absolutely damaged some not. things. Yeah, yeah, no. No, it's funny because my dad worked in the car business for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he was general manager of a lot of dealers. And he exclusively used them. And which was funny because he didn't get me the job. Matt did. Right. So mm-hmm. it was just coincidence. And, and I, I go, oh, dad, you know, I got a new job. I'm, I'm like 19 at the time or something, if that. And uh, he goes, oh, yeah, we're at I tell him. He goes, I know them. How's this person, that person doing? I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I told the boss, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, what's he doing now? And I told him, oh, he's retired because, you know, this reason, that reason. And, and they offered him, like, on the spot. They're like, does he want to come work for us? Like, he can work a day a week, two days a week, whatever. Like, so right. I can work here. And it was like, that 
because of that stuff, that job sticks out to me more than any other job I've ever had because those people cared about people and they, they understood the value of having good people, yeah. right? And they understand that you can't always get perfect people and, and nobody's perfect, right? Right. And that some sometimes you got to just hire people who can do the job because they don't, they can't pay a lot of money and, right. you know, and everybody understands that, but they understood like, hey, you know, like, and part of it on their perspective is probably the old guys who are retired working for the however many dollars an hour to them that's just spending money right like, well, and that well was it was something to, to do, yeah, something to do right like them. what are you gonna do sit around and wait to die those or the, drive a car you know those are the employees that they probably love because they get there early right you know they get it all done early they leave early they got to pay them however many dollars an hour and but they do a good job and it's not to them it's not about you don't work harder based on how much money you're getting right it's, you work hard because that's the people and, and granted it's not the hardest job in the world you just have to be very diligent about not making a mistake like that's, that's all right. it is right like uh, one time I, um, I was going in, I was in San Diego area I took a wrong turn off the freeway and I went like 50 miles into the mountains oh my god <laughs> before I realized going the wrong way because I, I kept raging I'm like hey like and, and I was in the mountains and it was like I got freeway and immediately I was in the mountains so I kept raging I'm like hey this doesn't look right Can somebody help me out no response no response I'm in the mountains and finally I stop and I'm like, this. Welcome can't. to Hemet. <laughs> Farther than that. Like, and like, now entering Imperial County. Yeah. It was like, I was something you where I was a, like, you see a sandrail jump over the road. <laughs> I was in like, I was in like the 78. I think it was, I think I was actually in uh, Carlsbad. Um, so okay. Like the, so like the 78 freeway or something like right, that. Right. The 78 and the 15, basically. So I get off one of those freeways. And I just go the wrong way. And I just make a mistake. And this, this is long before GPS. Like, I remember Matt got his first iPhone. And he was one of the first people to get an iPhone, like, ever. And that then, a Thomas guide. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and, and learn or your the grids. map in their office. Learn your grids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The boss would always, you know, okay, you want to take this free? Like, right before you would leave the shop yep. in the morning, yeah. you want to take this free? And then the day I got my iPhone, I'm like, I don't need directions anymore. I got this. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> sitting at a Toyota dealership with you, and uh, you're watching, like, YouTube. Uh-huh. And people are, like, looking they're like, what is what is that? Like <laughs> older people, like they have no idea what you have in your hand. They think it's like a small like laptop or something. Right. They're like, what in the heck? But the, but like the rest of us, yeah, we have to memorize. Like, okay, it's the the 15 South to, uh, exit Kearney Mesa Drive, whatever. Right. And I mean, that job got me good at knowing how to get around Southern California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, from Bakersfield Absolutely. down to Mexico. You know, I could still get to pretty much anywhere. If you could tell me which car dealership you live by, I can probably find you. That's right. Yeah. City Chevrolet. <laughs> I'm like, all right, here we go. I know where you're at in San Diego. Um, but anyway, so I, I go up, I go way up in this mountain. And I think actually you were the one who met me at the dealership. You and um, Monica or so, I don't remember her name. Monique. Monique, yeah. At, at the dealership in like Suburban or something. And um, I get there and, I, I, and you're, I'm like, you guys are there for like an hour and a half <laughs> waiting for me. I get there and I'm like, what in the heck? Where have you been? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I got lost. And I finally get there, and, and nobody was mad, but like I, I radio into uh, Tabitha, and um, <laughs> and uh, I go, I go, yeah. Uh, so I need a rate for uh, whatever Chevy dealership with uh, forty five dollars in gas. <laughs> what? And she goes, she goes, you went thirteen miles. <laughs> and I went, yeah, you'd think so. Went, a funny story. Went, You're gonna laugh. I'm like, I went the wrong way. So and what happened was. <laughs> you see what had happened was and she was understanding she was not happy but she was like all right we're gonna have to eat that and i'm like well and i, and then I remember what like i remember this was like the thing that sticks out the most is i got back to um the shop at the end and i go hey like let me let me cover the cost of the gas i made a mistake let me cover that and she goes no 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 like 
we can't let you do that. But that, like, I guess see, like, the look in her eyes, she was, like, super, like, wow, like, most people don't do that. Right. But I felt super bad. I'm like, whatever. It's, like, 20, 25 bucks or whatever, whatever it was. And I was like, you know, let me, let me cover that. And she was just like, oh, wow. And, like, that was that like that place i was like okay this is this is a place where i know that i could if i ever needed if i was ever in desperate times i needed a place to go back to like that's a place that I i've been back several times I bet, and I, worked sure. for a couple of weeks and you know yeah, something I did, else I would did pick a couple up weekends here and there for a while too yeah you I'm do sure. you do a couple stints there and it's just you kind of pick up where you left off and it's all that's all the same just yeah. little things here and there change but i'm sure any of the three of us if we went back and i only worked there for like eight months but i'm sure that they'd be like yeah yeah, if they well, have work. if they have work, they're they're ready to put someone in the car. You yeah, because I don't think any of us would even need to be trained. I still remember how to fill the fucking paperwork. Yep, like that's all the same. It's all really it easy. Changed. They like, probably have more uh, paperwork now. But, oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, now that they're way, we're way over time. That's fine. So, um, definitely, you know. Thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. No, no problem. Um, Anytime. This yeah, was awesome. We'll have to do another one where we talk about just driving cars because, like, we might need. It was to... such an interesting job. It yeah. really was. Because I mean, I drove a Boxster once, um, which I'll tell a little bit of that story one day. And I know that I don't think you drove the Lotus, right? Somebody else drove. No, I didn't get the Lotus. Somebody um, else drove the Lotus. I had a couple C6 Vets bunch of gto's you had an rx8 one time and rx8 how did you get a gto i wanted a g i never got a gto i got like five gto's we'll nice. talk about the gas right. company trucks the gas <laughs> trucks gas yes <laughs> we'll tell oh all those stories God. yeah um I, I would love to get one of the, the, the one gas of the, truck that had what was it seven hundred thousand oh miles dude on it. best <laughs> not not a joke no no yeah, no, no exaggeration seven hundred thousand miles on the odometer the ones that we took back were just Oh, uh, they would smoke in those cars and just drop the butts on the ground. The steering wheels, always sticky. Oh yeah, <laughs> always. And you, all the tires are bald. Nothing I, works. I, I, I shit you not. I started bringing latex gloves to work yeah. and mm. sticking them in my binder in the event that I That's would have to call. drive a, gra- a gas truck. I because wanna... your hands would be black for a week. Yeah. What do you think the chances <laughs> are we can get one of the uh, one of the owners of that company on here? Easily. We Depending need. on the stories that we've already told, I don't know that they want to be known, though. Let's uh, ask them before this episode airs. Uh, <laughs> right. We may have... Yeah, this may be an hour-long show after all. We may do a lot of creative editing. Yeah, yeah. right. right. <laughs> it's just an hour of... <laughs> you know, but... Um, you it's know. the color screen with the Indian on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, you know, thanks for coming on. Um, Thank you for having I, we're, me. We're going to have you again. Uh, Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff we didn't get to, but uh, we'll we'll do another one down the road. And, and right now, we'll have you back on for the uh, the Tournament of Champions. All right. Um, here, I like it. Here in a few months. But, um, you know, uh, growlergarage.net, that's where you can go to find out all the latest happenings. Uh, check out our blog. It'll be coming soon on there. Uh, download the MP3s, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. It's all on there. Growler Garage, you can search uh, in the iTunes store. Uh, you'll find us easily there. It's Growler Garage OC is how it pops up um, just for um, the sake of being able to find us. Um, so that's the easiest way to find us. Um, beer we had today was uh, the Bottle Logic uh, Brewing Company beer. Um, they don't sponsor us, but this was another great beer. Second week in a row we've had them. This one uh, was not the same as the first one. This is the Mixed Signals Blonde Ale, which was a little weaker than the last one, but as far as alcohol content, but pretty good. Yeah, it was tasty. Was tasty. I'm, I'm not a drinker, and that was all right. Yeah, see, there that you go. It was all right. So Bottle Logic, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to come bring you some business cards here because um, uh, you guys make a damn fine beer. 
Um, they've got a lot of them we didn't have yet. All their beers are good. Like I tried a lot of them and sweet. I liked them all. So we're gonna get some more from them and um, you know check out the shop on uh, on growlergarage.net and um, you know we got some t-shirts, some hats. If there's anything you want to see on there, um, let us know. We have sweatshirts. We have the ability to make ladies undergarments. Um, we just thought that maybe the burnouts and burnouts and burnouts and burnouts <laughs> slogan on uh, ladies' undergarments might be a little bit something. But <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do that. Uh, it's a poo joke. Yeah, uh, it's classy. Got that. So um, we'll uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. I don't I don't know who we're gonna have next week, but um, we might just shoot the shit with Matt again. I I think what we're gonna do one of these days here is we're gonna have an open invite party here in okay. here in the growl garage studios and we'll film on like a saturday or something um, you get your wife down here we'll get the kiddie pool out front you get you get your son here on on the camera we'll get, get the barbecue get the barbecue yeah. i think you know what calling it well i'm not gonna say i'm calling it now because i gotta confirm our schedules yes but soon Soon-ish. hopefully before it's too cold soon 30 we're gonna have the uh the growl garage uh barbecue edition i'll make sure you're invited to that absolutely and uh <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll maybe just walk around with the camera and a microphone and just cool. talk to people. Let's that might be, might be fun. It might be a little bit different, but um, we're going to do that here hopefully uh, really, really soon. Hopefully it's next week when you're seeing this, but we got to check our schedules. Um, so, um, yeah, that's... Um, probably not. Probably will be, though. <laughs> uh, the end of that episode is going to be really interesting. There's a lot of fun things we want to do. We want to we wanna do one where we're driving around in my car with the camera in the back and doing a podcast driving around in it. We're trying to figure out the how it's to make gonna, that work. It's not going to work in there. Too loud. It's too loud. It's we just could, gonna be all. Bah, 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 what if we put on like, uh, like I don't know if you ever seen like the headsets that, um, not like the normal like crew chief headsets, but the ones that have a, a ear cup but with a microphone in it where you hold it over your mouth. It's still really loud. We use those oh. at the race, and it's I'm sure it's a lot better than what you got, but it's uh, it would still probably be annoying. Okay. Well, we're gonna work on it. We're gonna do one like that. We'll maybe, figure something out. Maybe we'll do it in the Focus or something. Just do a canyon run. Yeah. With uh, with somebody in the passenger seat, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, sit, sit you in the back seat and try to make it so the camera doesn't give everybody motion sickness somehow. <laughs> we might have to GoPro that just one. Just solid mount it. That's going to be a GoPro. Because we could probably stick a GoPro in there with an external mic just on the... We'll, like we'll the, talk about it off camera. Are you sure? You don't want to talk shop? kind of want to. Well, n- nobody's listening at this point. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then we don't have to talk off camera if no one's listening. <laughs> Fine. So, <laughs> thanks again for listening. Growlgarage.net, YouTube, hit subscribe, hit like, hit share, comment. Just, even if you tell us we suck, just tell me something. Okay? Uh, so, new high score this episode. Eric's at a four and a half. Um, still haven't gotten anybody that's gotten a 50% yet on our trivia. But that's all right. We still got, a, what, what did we figure last episode? 10 billion years? That was uh, 10, 10, billion, billion episodes. 10, 10 billion episodes before we really need to do a repeat. So. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we've already done one. So that's 10 billion and one episodes. We still got under under us. So uh, thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll Thank see you, you very, much. very soon on here. Awesome. And, um, you know, thanks for tuning in to Growl Garage. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah.